Holy fracking shirt balls. Another week of Book of Boba Fett. You know what happened. I know what happened. Someone showed up. Chapter six coming up. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Kenobi! Rebellions are built on hope. You are part of the Rebel Alliance and a traitor. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. Never tell me the odds. Well done. You're a rebel now. Hello there, rebels, and welcome to Reckless Rebellion, a podcast about all things happening in the galaxy far far away i'm your host electrifying force sensitive that toes the line of balance thomas carter rochester and with me are the greatest minds the rebellion has to offer up first hoth native and pod racing enthusiast professor chaos the klein felt let's get groovy let's get wild i'm excited i'm feeling good <laughs> Scarif native and Anakin's favorite youngling, baby Jack Jack Pews. You know, Klein, that Professor Chaos, Chaos tag kind of fits today because the new season of South Park actually releases here soon, I think. I don't know, but I'm excited. But we're here for Star Wars. That's what I'm here for. Let's get it. And joining us for the first time, lover of animation, master of visions, co-host of the Direct Podcast, Matt Rimke! Topic. Hitting buttons all over. <laughs> that is the most right like, perfect on, Matt Rimke introduction to happen. I, uh, I'm not really oh, sure no, how to, guys, how to approach it. this intro now. I had something in mind. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> We, blew it. we bring on someone from a big time podcast and all of a sudden, oh my god. Hey, wait. <laughs> Shh, we can fix Boys, that. How is it? How are we doing? How are we doing? I'm so happy to be here. Oh Welcome. God, I'm so excited you're on It's already it's off good. the rails. It's yeah. fantastic. You are the flagship do, topic, by the way, apparently. I didn't know that until the button was sounded. So, yeah. you know, Matt Rimke, flagship topic. Mm-mm. How you doing? That's right. That's right. That's what I'm here to do. Thomas, I'm here to be I'm a flagship topic and chew bubble gum, and I'm all out of bubble gum. You know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> I'm just mad you didn't go with the uh, with the title I I pitched for Matt, but <laughs> well, I, what I was know. it? <laughs> I forgot. It was it, it was going. It to was be really good. Matt Remke, host of the second best podcast reviewing Book of Boba Fett on the internet. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, dude. I do like. Like so, we reviewed this episode earlier today with our friend Jack Pews, and Woo! you know it was so fun. We went kind of like three major plots all in a row. I hear we're going to take it a lot slower today here on oh, Rector's yeah. Rebellion, and I <laughs> cannot be more excited about it. I've been dying thing to we, gush over every thing frame we like of this to show. do. There's one thing we like to do is get into the weeds. Yes, and <laughs> get I enjoy the weeds. <laughs> I'm a fan of the weeds. Did you guys know that? Like, I'm in there. I'm in there like a Viet Cong soldier. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we are recording on February 2nd, 2022. By the way, that's 222022. Love it. Coming up on today's show, we are here to pay tribute to what is the show of Lord Fett, but there's a lot more going on. And we're going to cover a little bit of the latest galaxy news in the Rebel Report. But before all of that, let's check in with the smartest 75% of the podcast. Fellas, how you faring in your part of the galaxy? We're going to start with Matt Rimke. 
I'm doing fantastic, uh, Thomas. I uh, it's been a very busy couple weeks of uh, being a nerd and working for a sports company. I don't know if you guys have heard, but a small organization called the National Football League uh, has a very big game coming up. So I'm very excited about that. Super Bowl season always very busy over here. Um, plus, guys, I've been on a Star Wars kick, man. Like, like you all know this because we're all in that Twitter group chat, but like. Jack Pews has held my hand and been my shepherd through the light that is the Star Wars animated universe. And I'll tell you what, man, I held back for a long time, despite every single one of you telling me I needed to dive in. And I I still firmly believe you guys have a problem with your viewing order, the amount of episodes, why I'm watching which ones where, what is there any sense to any of it? This is why you guys have tr- trouble getting people to join your team, but... It's pretty good. <laughs> it's it's, it's really, really, really yes. Good. <laughs> we got one, guys. We did it. <laughs> we got him. I am I am two of the seven seasons into this show, and like I'm so emotionally invested that I'm not sure I'm ready for it to be over. But then I heard there's another show, and that's really exciting stuff. <laughs> Wait, Matt, you're two seasons into Clone Wars right now, and you're already you're and you're in. And he's oh, in. Oh, you're not, in. dude. You're not ready for. You're not ready for what's about to come. My God, I'm in yeah. like the flip. I, I really wow. am. It, okay. And for me, I don't know if we do spoilers on here or whatever, but like, uh, for me, it was that moment when, um, Obi and Sabine, Satine, 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 Obi and Satine had that kidnapper at gun and lightsaber point, and the kidnappers got him dead to mm. rights. Like, what are you gonna do? Who's going to step up and be the murderer that they need to be? And then boom, 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 dun, dun. I stand up in my chair. My dog freaks out. He's missing the last three inches of his tail that just got taken off. This scared him more than that. And I, I, I like yelped. And Aaron comes out of the bedroom and goes, what the hell is going on? I'm like, this cartoon show is really good. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking love it. Yeah. It is. We're going to swing up to, uh, you know what? We're going to go from one cold place up to another cold place. Klein, how's it up there in Hoth? How's the weather in Hoth? We're coming up to oh, the Hoth go- report. Oh, my God. Okay, well, let's just the Reckless Rebellion Rebel. The weather report is going on. It's snowing. It's cold. I'm sad. I'm miserable. Star Wars is the only shining light in my life at this moment. So I'm I'm happy to be here to talk about that. <laughs> Jack 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 Jack's just over here thinking about Clone Wars now <laughs> like non-stop Matt has and I'm doing the rewatch with him and I think he's a little bit ahead of me but like it, it's just such a pleasure to dive back into that um but yeah just chilling you know it's a nice solid 64 degrees right now here in Jacksonville oh my god we're, we're pulling out temperatures now I will say though I will say look the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be the death of me. The book of Boba Fett is the thing that's saving me right now <laughs> because what a shit show that's going on there. Um, head coaching surge is just having a blast is the worst way to put it. Cause it's the complete opposite, but I cannot believe you haven't had a coach yet. I, oh I'm shocked. Dude, I'm looking every day, every update, like the two things in my life right now are clone wars in this head coaching search. Like nonstop, I'm on Twitter responding to Matt, going to to Slack responding to Matt. They're going back to Twitter to look at the updates and see what Shot Khan can <laughs> screw up next. It's so fucked. But hey, 
Luke Skywalker, Ahsoka Tano, R2-D2, Grogu. Let's hey, whoa, whoa. Spoilers, man. Whoa, Jeez. hey, whoa, hey, hey, hey. naming hey. Star Wars stuff he likes, Oh, guys. okay. Hey. There's no way those, <laughs> all those characters could show up in one episode or something. Never. No, 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 no. You're no, right. No. I'm just saying Never. my love for Star Wars now, Klein. Hoth native. <laughs> Don't make me get an angry phone call at you now, Klein. Oh, send him my way. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is fantastic i'm alive here in uh florida i don't think it's execute order temperature 66 over in this area klein it might be like 69 but i, gen- nice. I genuinely yeah <laughs> i'm not kidding i genuinely think that's with our tempest tonight but uh I, I i'm here for star wars i don't think i've had anything going on in my life other than obsessing over star wars coming up and then it happening and now i'm just obsessing over star wars coming up again but that means we need to jump to our favorite topic of the of of an episode when we have someone showing up for the first time and that is of course it is time for matt's star wars origin story me what yeah. so it, so just like why i like star wars or like is there a prepared list How'd of questions it, my no Nick, so how did how so the first memory i have like like i feel like i'm at the age i'm 27 years old um, I know like me and me and Thomas are really close in age and I know Jack's a lot younger than we are. Um, Klein, we're the same age, right? I'm 24. So 24. Okay. Close, okay. So yeah. you're a little younger as well. Um, so I, the, I always remember just like the, watching Star Wars movies, but the first real memory I have of like loving this stuff is the pod racer scene from Phantom Menace. Like, like not the movie, that scene. Right. And the reason it's that scene for me is because you remember the game? Remember the pod oh, racing yeah. game on PlayStation oh, yeah. 1? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, like combining that game with that s- specific scene from that movie was, like, the first time I remember being like, oh, my God, these are, like, the same thing. You know, I was, like, I was like six years old or something. I was like, wow, like, like this is the game from the movie and all that stuff. And so, like, that's the first thing I remember. And then, you know, just having Star Wars in my life in one way or another, you know, the original trilogies I've watched to the end of, you know, the end of tapes, um, you know, throughout the rest of my life. And then uh, when I got into high school, middle school, high school range, a show called How I Met Your Mother entered my life. I've heard and, of it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. In that show, Star Wars is a big part of their lives. And for whatever reason, for whatever reason, me and my friends really clamored on to the whole like, oh, she doesn't like Star Wars. Get her out of here kind of thing you know what i'm saying so like we really latched into loving star wars and with that you have to know a lot about star wars because i don't know if you guys have met star wars fans before but like 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 they aggressive (laughs) you know like like that's that's a herd so um you know it it really was you know i had it as a part of my childhood um throughout all the movies as we were kids watching the originals back to back so when the sequels came out and that's kind of when like as adults, we all established our Star Wars fandom a little bit. I feel like when the sequels came out, it was an event for me. It was me and my now brother-in-law. It was just, uh, uh, it was, uh, I was dating Aaron, uh, my wife, and her sister was dating Kurt. And, um, you know, me and him, it was one Christmas and Force Awakens came out and we were like, you know, we're all just sitting here around the fire. Nobody cares about, you know, really what's going on. Like, let's let's look at them in the eyes and tell them we're going to go see Star Wars. <laughs> and <laughs> and we told them, and they were bad. <laughs> like, they weren't. <laughs> and we had a good excuse. Like, like, hey, we're not doing anything. We're sitting here watching Seinfeld right now. 
I've seen this episode. I can tell you what's about to happen. Um, uh, George is going to slip on an envelope, break his leg, summer of George now over kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so I, I told them that and they go, who's George? And I said, just let me go see Star Wars. And so we That's went and we saw Force Awakens. First time I ever spent time with this person. Like, ever one-on-one and coming out of the movie it was just like with any of my friends man star wars is dope right so um and then obviously you know once we all started writing for the direct and we met people like thomas carter rochester we realized that like the community of star wars really is where it's at kind of thing so um that's kind of my star wars origin story but um another negative thing i did leave out the first movie i ever remember not liking it's it's episode three like i I remember being in theaters being like i don't like this i really don't like this but i loved attack of the clones (laughs) like i loved it (laughs) i I get that but like those cabano and blow darts man (laughs) blow darts darts, indiana jones big blow dart movie um so yeah that's that's kind of where i'm at it's always kind of been in the background but it was the aesthetic of Star Wars that really just held me my entire life, specifically the pod racing stuff. Ted, the only people in the universe who haven't seen Star Wars are the characters in Star Wars, and that's because they lived them, Ted. That's because they lived the Star Wars. They lived the Star Wars. Hell yeah. Lived it. Hell yeah. <laughs> you said How I Met Your Mother, and I was like, they lived yeah. the Star Wars, bro. Lived I, lived Star Wars. No. I grew up watching Barney and Friends, and I got older and watched Barney and Friends. Barney and Friends, yep. <laughs> Shout out. Them cartoon characters. Oh my God! Yeah, challenge accepted. But we're gonna jump into our supreme leading flagship topic. I love Thomas Carter Rochester. <laughs> <laughs> like you're a special human being. You really are. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And of course, we're talking about the book of. Boba Fett. I still have theories about what's going to happen. Did anyone this... notice that it was slight? I think it was slightly different at the beginning of this episode. It was, it was. a little bit different. Yeah. It was played on guitars. Really? I think it sounded like finger picking. Oh, to me. that's a good call. Like a very Ren Fairy vibe. Like a Jim Croce yep. kind of song. Yeah. <laughs> I got some sounds in my head. We're going to jump right off the bat into the spoiler free section and hater of animation. <laughs> what a great week for him, I'm sure. Let's see what he has to say. <laughs> With our spoiler-free section. David, take it away. Hey, what's up? David Thompson here. Um, Spoiler-free thoughts. That was possibly the best episode of Star Wars ever. Um, And one of the best pieces of Star Wars content I think I've ever seen. That really had me floored um, watching it this morning. And I can't... Can't wait for more. I can't believe this show is giving us those moments. I never in my wildest dreams expected that from this show. Um, I can't wait for the future of this Filoni-Favreau-verse. It's so, 
so spectacular, and I can't wait to dive into more. David Thompson will return. <laughs> <laughs> Gorgeous. We're going to let's go ahead. Uh, let's jump to Klein. Klein, I don't think you've got to talk about this episode yet. So you're the last person who have watched it. What did you think of the Book of Boba Fett Chapter 6? So last week, if last week it tickled the prequel kid in me, right? It did that. It went there and it just it gave me a nice little right under the trundle or whatever. Just a nice little tickle. (laughs) This week did the same thing. But for my my love of the original trilogy, like it did all the same things, but it gave me these moments that harken back to the original trilogy while also bringing in some other stuff, but like contextualizing it in that original trilogy kind of sheen. And like, I'm going to be honest, like I, I openly cried throughout this episode just with how special it was. Like I, about 15 minutes into it, I had to pause it and look over at my fiance and go, we're 15 minutes into this episode. I don't know what they're going to do next. And, and I, I loved it. I do have some thoughts about Book of Boba Fett overall and the last two episodes. I think they're great Star Wars episodes. I don't think they're necessarily great Book of Boba Fett episodes because I feel like every time they show Boba now, I'm like, yeah, but the rest of this is pretty cool. Like, look over here. Uh, they're doing a whole lot of, hey, look, shiny. You recognize this person? So, I, I, I mean, you can't like Star Wars and not like this episode. I, I'm, I'm all about it. I don't know what you guys thought. Uh, we'll do the map. Yeah. Go to me. I mean, it it was it was really good. Um, I think that you know, there's there's so many issues with this show that like the big moments here really didn't hit for me the way I wanted them to, and there was just there was a lack of energy. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. This was one of the greatest <laughs> things I have seen um, from the Star Wars universe. Remember Rogue One how we all walked out of that thinking like wow like i want to go watch new hope right now like like that's what a like 20 years later prequel should do is make the movie it's prequeling that much better even though it's one of the greatest and biggest movies of all time this is the same vibe i got here where i'm like everything from every generation of star wars is coming together so perfectly and um, uh, uh, co-host of the direct podcast, Liam Crowley, he brought up a good point to me last week. Um, like, what would I feel like? We all know I'm a big WandaVision guy. You know, I'm 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 the Marvel guy, and uh, WandaVision's my show. Wanda's my character. What would it be like if WandaVision took an episode off to just focus on a Doctor Strange story? I'd be pretty upset because the character building and the character stories—that's what the MCU is built on, known for all those different things. This show, I mean, I've been on this for a while. The fact that they're taking a Game of Thrones approach where it really is a universe show. Yes, Book of Boba Fett is a misleading title. I think the title is the worst part of the show because if it's named anything else, if this is a Star Wars story in the first few episodes were the Book of Boba Fett arc. Yeah, see, I'm watching the animated stuff. Um, if, if the first few episodes were just Book of Boba Fett, but the title was different, I don't think any of us would bat an eye into the pacing, which is objectively bad for a show called The Book of Boba Fett. But regardless, this show, this episode, laid out in front of us in a huge way what they intend to do with this universe. 
Age of Ultron is one of my favorite Marvel movies. I think it's one of the most underrated because people don't like it because it doesn't have a great story within it. But man, is it set up so much great stuff. And that's the vibe I got here. This is a launching off point for an already fast rising universe that we have here. The revival of the Star Wars universe, I believe, is fully back. Like we are all the way back. And the the way I quantify that, I'm excited for what's next. It's not, man, I hope they do this next. Man, they better do this or I'm going to be upset next. I'm excited for whatever they do next. And that's something I haven't been able to say about Star Wars since I've been alive. So yeah, for the mm-hmm. for the first time in a long time, they've they have kind they've shown me that they're in the right hands and mm-hmm. that I'm ready to go on the ride with them. Whereas before it was like, yeah, I wish this would happen. I wish that would happen. And now I'm <clears> sitting here going, you know what? They've they've proven to me that they are they can do this and they can land the plane and they can show me where I need to go and I'm ready. I'm a feather in the wind. It's I'm here again with Star Wars where I am with the MCU where it's like I'll watch anything cuz you you prove me wrong, right? Like I've you've gained my trust. And Jack, what's the rule? Feige, Favreau, Filoni. Absolutely. Whatever they do if they're attached to it, we trust them. We trust that Jack. it's going to be good. Mhm. Absolutely. Jack Jack. Spoiler free. Yeah. Spoiler free. Yeah, so I've been trying to like, you know, Matt's used the word so many times today. And it's perfect. Like quantify my feelings about this episode. The best I can do is that it just made me feel like a kid again, even more so than last week's and last week's. I mean, I felt it, but this one, especially, I was just like, I had a smile on my face the whole time. There's a story I will tell when we get to the spoiler section, but I will tell a different story. That's non-spoiler. When I broke my leg um, back my freshman year of high school, I, I was laying on the couch or the bed and I had nothing to do. And I heard about this um, really cool arc in the Clone Wars, which I was going back and forth with kind of keeping up with kind of not. I heard about this cool arc called the Mortis arc and I won't spoil it because Matt, you're going to get there. But the Mortis arc is one of the coolest arcs in Star Wars. One of the, I mean, it's so trippy, but I just sat down and I was like, you know what? I'm not just going to skip to it. I'm going to watch the season one, season two, and then get to it in season three. And I just sat there with a broken leg and a lot of pain, but I didn't care because I was watching Star Wars and I was just in heaven. And that's, I don't know what about this episode. I do know what about this episode. This episode watching it, I was just like, oh my God, I feel like that again. I feel like I'm 14, not a care in the world, sitting here watching this franchise that just is so deep to my core of like who I am and who, just like where my imagination goes. It's where my creativity comes from. Like this is Star Wars. It's so quintessential Star Wars. And like Klein said, I'm just along for the ride at this point. I'm strapped into this roller coaster. I'm ready to go. We're already kind of going, but it's it's just picking up pace. That's right. Thomas, what do you think of the episode? <laughs> um, I was sitting here just listening and starting to tear up, thinking about how fucking awesome this episode was. Um, I don't know how I can really talk about this episode in a spoiler-free section, so I will say this is... <laughs> The greatest Star Wars to have ever Star Wars in the Star Wars universe of Star Wars. This is all the fucking Star Wars smashed into one. And I'll argue that the Book of Boba Fett is the perfect title because if you look at it as a book and then go look at a Star Wars book, you get your flashbacks. We've gotten one flashback per chapter. And I'm excited to see what the hell next week is. 
I almost said something because I almost went to spoilers. See, I almost messed up. <laughs> so, like, this is all the Star Wars, and I've yet to be able to fully emotionally process this. So I will try to tell you what my thoughts are. We'll see what happens. Uh, which means it's time to jump into the spoiler section. But before we do that, I, I didn't say this. This is chapter six. The title is From the Desert Comes a Stranger, directed by Dave Filoni, written by John Favreau and Dave Filoni. Grand Admiral Thrawn, take it away. This is Grand Admiral Mithron Urodo, and we on this point lie spoilers. Proceed at your own risk. And the plot! The Pikes are doing a spice drop, and Cobb Vanth walks up on them. Standoff against the Pikes leads to three Pikes dead with a quick draw and only two shots. By the way, did anybody notice that? Two shots on his 10, one shot on his awesome. two. Merked awesome. him. Very important asterisk that we'll come back to later. Hard jump to R2-D2. Actually, that's not actually true. I think we do the words in the the... the Guitar Boba Fett, R2D2. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Din, Din Jarn says that he's here to see Grogu, and we see some androids uh, finding rocks and building huts. I enjoyed the visual cue of rocks floating, making you think Jedi training, only for it to be androids. And all I could think was, where's Android Ant Man? Uh, R2 shuts down. Ultron. And, yeah, oh. <laughs> and Din Djarin uh, talks to the droids, very annoyed-like as Din would. Uh, he takes a seat on the bench that they just made, and he takes a nap. <laughs> we jump to Grogu and Luke meditating when a frog jumps by, and Grogu uses the Force to capture it and trying to eat it. Luke accosts him, and Lin lifts all the frogs out of the water to Grogu's massive surprise. Then we get a hardcore Yoda jump info, uh, uh, Yoda info, while Luke is force jumping Grogu with him, which is the coolest fucking thing I've seen today. Lies. <laughs> we get Yoda. We get a Yoda theme. Uh, Yoda. He was small like you, but his heart was huge, and the force was strong in him. He once said to me, "Size matters not." I'm pretty sure Grogu's speaking to him in between these lines here. That's how he talked. He would speak in riddles. Luke then helps Grogu remember Order fucking 66. We'll get to this question, and I don't have an answer. I was researching earlier, and I could not find an answer. Uh, but then Luke tells Grogu he will teach him to protect himself. This is our first pause here, because that was a whole fucking shitload of stuff. I think it was the first 10 minutes of this episode. My question, right off the jump, Whose lightsaber was it that fell in that Order 66 montage? Take your guesses. Can I, we'll start can I go with first Jack. here? Thomas, I don't want to break your heart. <laughs> I don't want to do it. I don't think it was anyone of note. But at the same time, you you always do this, Thomas. You make me like you bring up like this wild <laughs> idea. And I'm like, there's no way they're doing anything with that. And then I'm like, well, maybe. Um, I, I could see it because they really hung on it. But I just, I think it was some kind of Jedi Knight that was just there to protect the younglings or just there to try to find off the clone troopers. And clearly you could see that Grogu was hidden away because there was like two things covering him. Um, but yeah, I, I don't I don't think it was anything of note. But they hung on it. So, I don't know. It is. Does anyone disagree? 
I'm not I'm not in enough to know. You know what I mean? I just started the cartoon show. Um, I do love the idea of like when the aspect ratio goes down, like that's classic Star Wars for I'm being mm. hidden. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, like that's a classic <laughs> yeah. Star Wars visual. I don't think enough people talk about, but um <laughs> you know, I'm I'm in the middle of a Star Wars rewatch. I just watched episode three, order sixty six, very fresh in my brain. I assume I'm gonna get a lot more of it if I live. Here's it. Um there's there's something so messed up about Luke making Grogu relive that. But there's a line <laughs> later that I think supplements it a little bit. Knowing Grogu's gone through this, knowing uh, the depth we're adding to this unbelievably mascotty character that Star Wars has introduced, um, makes me think that I, I like, and you know, I'm a hyperbolistic person in nature. Um, but I, I think the sky's the limit with how far we can take Grogu as the face of the franchise. And I think oh, yeah. putting him back in Order 66, having him here now as a Padawan slash foundling, like like this is the beginning of his journey kind of thing. Like time, Star Wars canon, Star Wars timeline is a very messed up, confusing, and ridiculous thing. Grogu could overcome it. If anyone, it's going to be him. So mm. I think bringing him back to that moment is such a special thing. Who's protecting him? I don't know. I like the symbolism of like the lightsaber being there. Like there's the death of the Jedi. Like like mm-hmm. Luke explaining that to somebody is so profound because like Luke had Luke was the first new Jedi, right? In a lot of ways, you know. Like you know, there's you know, there's video games, there's Cal, there's all these different people, but there's you know like having Luke explain that to Grogu is such a profound thing because Luke is, he wants to know. He also wants to know what's going on uh, in that order. So Mm -hmm. it's great shot. Screw you, Dave Filoni. (laughs) It's nuts. All right. So there's a lot to go through here. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to just, pinball it around and let everybody talk about this section here uh, i may or may not speak because I, I don't know if i can words klein <laughs> we'll start with you i want to touch on because i'm sure everyone else is going to kind of go through a few things number one 30 seconds before it happened i go man it's weird that they're not showing baby yoda or grogu walk and then to see him doing those little jumps with the <laughs> with the force was so cool it was so good <laughs> Uh, there's a couple moments like that in this episode where I said something and then, yeah, literally 15 seconds later, he's being lifted by force. Uh, but honestly, dude, the R2, like when he comes down onto the planet and it's got the little radar satellite spinning around, I immediately, I'm like, I know what that is. And it pans down and it's R2. And I'm like, okay, like anything's fair game now. This is, this is something I didn't expect to be seeing again i came to this episode late i had had it hyped up i knew there was going to be cameos but this was not this was not something i expected <laughs> and this was instance number one of klein openly sobbing this afternoon in his apartment because because <laughs> fucking r2d2 was on the screen just beeping him up and um <laughs> other than that r2 has a great moment where he just shuts down there's a shot of Mando looking into the eye of R2. And I'm like, this is something I never, ever, ever in my entire life <laughs> thought I needed. But I got it. And I was so very happy. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Go ahead, Jack. I Yeah, I was just going to say, look. So this is a spoiler story. So I was sitting on the couch like in that other room over there. 
and it was like 6 45 in the morning and i'm or maybe seven i was watching it and my fiance was getting ready to go to work she walks in she's not a star wars fan she understands my love for it but she's not she just can't do it um, shout out she likes the new ones. She likes the sequels. I think it's because it's the modern filmmaking. And I, you know, because she's not a big movie person. And Babu. But, Frick. yeah, well, of course, of course, Klein. Um, She did see that one in the theater. I was proud of her. Um, the th- I was sitting there and I, it was Luke Force, like, not jumping <laughs> to him, but just, like, carrying him along. And I was sitting there. I wasn't crying, but I was kind of like I am right now. And she walked in and I was like, she was like, have a good day. And I was like, Alana, Alana, look, it's Luke. It's Luke and Grogu. And he's picking him up. Look at this. Oh my God. It looks just like Mark Hamill. It's not CGI. And she's like, oh, is it really Luke? And I was like, yeah, look at him. Look at him. And she kind of like stood there for a minute. And my mom walks in. She's like, what's going on? I was like, it's Mark Hamill. He's Luke. And he's back. This is him. I like, that's literally as much as I can quantify my feelings about this. It was so incredible. This whole scene, it was just like, so Matt, you mentioned Grogu's scene in, on the direct podcast earlier, like it being light. This whole scene felt light until that flashback scene. But like this whole scene, just, it just felt, it had like a swiftness to it. I just felt calm and at peace while also freaking the fuck out. Um, but yeah, and then the flashback scene happened and it just broke my heart. But then going back to the Pikes and Cobb Vanth, shout out Timothy Oliphant. I mean, like, holy, mm. I, I mentioned his hair on the direct podcast, but like, oh, yeah. He, like his whole acting is just, I don't know what it is about that character, but I'm just like, oh, here we fucking go. Yeah, you tell him. And I, I'm glad they showed him off as being this gunslinger without having Boba Fett's armor on him. Like he's still a badass. Um, and yeah, it was a great opening and he doesn't, it showed so much about his character, him knocking the spice out of the chest um, and not giving a shit about it. Uh, yeah, I just love that cold open there. Um, and yeah, we got off to a great start, and this is just the tip of the iceberg. What do you what do you think, Matt? It so I want I want to talk about Cobb Vanth for a second here because like so many cameos, right? Like I said it earlier on the direct podcast. We should stop saying that. We should stop. I know we should. <laughs> Sorry, what podcast, podcast was that again? <laughs> it's a direct podcast, and for the people in the back, that's brought to you by the direct.com. Um uh the thing about Cobb Vanth here heavy spoilers for the rest of the show um ahsoka luke skywalker r2d2 grogu so many people are in this show cop banth stole this episode for me like like the swag the charisma the heart the weird amount of heart that he brings behind this character and it all happens in that first scene too like we're gonna come back to him but see these stripes right here stripes means that i'm you know i'm in charge of these parts and i'm God, like dude man. are you clint eastwood is this the good the bad the ugly? <laughs> like I, like straight up and down left right and center with the silver fox haircut get the hell out of here man <laughs> and my, like he, he has a catchphrase this guy's a catchphrase you want to think about it thomas oh it was it? great want to think about it like like what a badass like and then when he flips the blaster, like he spins the blaster too. He's got that move. Yeah. Like, how, like, yeah. Like for for an episode that introduced a Star Wars cowboy that I've recently fallen in love with, Cobb Vanth was the cowboy that I'm gonna beat. You know, like like and mm. and he stands so sassily. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> he does. He got a pose to him. Him and Mando both. Little vain, I think, and how sexy they stand. But um, I just think that Cobb Vanth as a character shined 
in this episode in such a small role. And that's the kind of stuff I really look for in this. I think about your, you know, your Yelena Belova's, your Monica Rambo's from phase four of the MCU. I'm going to bring a lot of Marvel references into this podcast, by the way. Um, Harrison King. There's a shine here with Cobb Vanth that I adore. And, and just the lines of dialogue he was given made me fall in love with him. Like, you want to think about it? Like, that's my new favorite thing. And it's in a Star Wars movie? Get the hell out of here, dude. Wow, Star Wars, right? Yeah. Like, there's so <laughs> much. Like, it starts off, and I'm like, oh, okay, like, we're doing things. Oh, okay, the Pike's cool. What are we doing here? And then, like, the, I don't remember how Cobb Vanth, if someone walks up, I'm like, oh, my God, it's going to be Cobb Vanth. Boom, look, he's already in the mix. Beautiful. How's this working? He takes out three Pikes. I'm like, that's probably not a good idea. But maybe what's that going to lead to? Oh, it's R2-D2 lost. Forgot Cobb Vanth even existed. Didn't exist in my world. Um, Game of Thrones. I also I love the Eastwood comp. I was thinking about that today. It's exact. He took a grin and I was like, that's an Eastwood grin. Is he is mm-hmm. is he Eastwood? One of Eastwood's many, many children that are like hidden away from society because of <laughs> <What>? the, you know. <laughs> 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 Clint Baratheon of Los Angeles hell. Oh my That's God. what I was gonna say, Matt. <laughs> yes. Like is Gentry Eastwood out there just making hammers, getting ready to start a TV show. Yeah. Why not? There, that reference. I feel like. Love it. Absolutely. <laughs> Love it. But, you know, then it just jumps to Grogu and Luke. I really want to talk about really the, the reaction of Grogu when Luke lifts. And it's just beautiful juxtaposition between, you know, lift out this X. Mm, lift out this X ring. I can't. Mm, that is very fair, et cetera. And, you know, he lifts that out. And then, you know, he's lifting a frog. And he's like, Grogu with his smug Luke face. <laughs> yeah, Makes me kind of want to punch him a little bit. Um <laughs> <laughs> and then and then he's just like uh oh you know what uh blow this kid's mind a little bit and just lifts all the frogs out and grogu looks over and his eyes get so big i go <laughs> it's five o'clock in the morning and that's when i knew oh i'm not i'm not ready for this episode i'm really not <laughs> they just made me like four-year-old giggle um and then we get the yoda info bump which is all what we wanted but the order 66 the fact that we're looking at it through like an iris of an eye is beautiful. The way they use it as a vignette. Somebody was like, oh, it looks like someone's carrying him. And I'm like, I thought he was in the pram with the red blanket that he was in at the beginning of Mando season one. I'm not quite sure. Maybe we'll never know. Does it matter? Probably. Very Star so, Trek vibes with the Iris uh, camera right there, right? Ooh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? High comparison cool, cool, King. Kind Jesus. Yes. So good, Matt. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just want to say one thing. Oh, fuck yeah, Matt. Um, I just want to say one thing about it. I don't know what it is about <laughs> Anakin's 501st uh, Legion leading that Order 66, but it's I don't know. I don't know why, but I see that scene happening, and I see the flashbacks, and I just I see the blue mark on their helmets and on their armor, and I'm just like, oh my! Like it just puts me in that space even more. Like holy shit, this is Order sixty six. I just always think of that iconic shot of Anakin walking up the steps, and everyone in that blue armor is like just marching and marching. And Matt, I know you just had a thought. I know exactly what you're thinking. Like it, I I don't know. It, it, it's that thing of. Of course, they would have the clones have that blue mark and be a part of the 501st Legion, but it still feels special. Like, it's still like, yes, they got it. Of course, they would have that. 
Um, yeah, just want to shout that out because it just makes me, oh, we're 66, you tragic, tragic figure. I just, it's rough, what but. What if Christian Santa showed up? Oh my oh, God. I, I was, well, I was hoping for, I was hoping for that <laughs> I like, so much, that. dude. Luke would have had a very different perspective. That's what I just know. I'm so happy you brought this up because I had just written down a little bit while we were talking. His his vision cuts to black. Yeah. And they talk about how there's this darkness over him. What if all of a sudden he's he's fueled with the dark side? I'm thinking one of two things happens. He's fueled by the dark side in thought and it clouds his vision and memory because Anakin shows up, sees a baby, thinks of Padme and his baby and the whole reason he's doing this and figures, I can't go around killing a baby and saves the baby, right? Or Grogu goes to the dark side for a little bit and rips the fuck out of the Republic commandos. And that is the one I really want, but I wouldn't be opposed to getting a, a Hayden Christensen holding Grogu picture anytime at all, ever, especially if it's Darth Vader and he's got the hate in his eyes. That would be the preferred thing. Oh my God, guys. What if the, he cries because he lets go Grogu and knows that it's going to be his downfall in the future, but it's not. So it works out. Like, Darth Vader was a very <laughs> successful bad guy for a very long time. <laughs> but not at the beginning. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that's why he cried. Gro- Matt, would it make Revenge of the Sith better? <laughs> you didn't do the hands. <laughs> I was out here with it. Is it up? No. Why does that make it worse? That it goes up. <laughs> With the hand. It's not up. It's technically out to the side. Think of like Han Solo. No. Uh, Welcome to the Darth Vader impression segment of the podcast. (laughs) Kids, I forgot to play David's spoiler thoughts. So get ready for David's spoiler thoughts and maybe some bad language. Holy shit. David Thompson here back again with spoilers. What an episode. Luke looks a million times better than he did in Mandalorian Season 2. The plot progression and the character development with Mando, Grogu, Luke, Ahsoka. I can't believe we're getting that in freaking Book of Boba Fett. Book of Boba Fett makes a cameo in this episode. Wasn't even in last episode. Where are we going? Why is this called Book of Boba Fett? I don't care. I'm happy. I was bored in episodes three and four and kind of over it. I don't want to go back to that story, really. We're going to, and it's going to be fine. But there's such afterthoughts compared to what we saw in this episode and how much I care about these characters. I am so happy this is the direction they went. I am encouraging people um, in my life to, like, you can watch the first four episodes, get to episode five, get to episode six. This is Star Wars, and I am here for it. Dude, blue guy at the end. You know I love animation. <laughs> blue guy at the end. He was scary. He was pretty scary. I think he could do a lot of damage in this show. Um, there's so much to talk about, guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys all think. But my thoughts are, wow, Star Wars. 
Star Wars indeed. What a lead-in that would have been for my shit. <laughs> uh, so let's go ahead and hop back into the plot here. And that is going to be Ahsoka comes out of fucking nowhere. And I just want to say, last night, I kept I kept mentioning it to people that Ahsoka is going to be I'm like, ah, Ahsoka, you Ahsoka. I said it. I sent it to a bunch of people. And I got so many no's. And when Ahsoka popped up, I was like, I'm a fucking king. Let's go. Where's Cal Kestis? I want I want to be right on all my deep Stop thoughts. <laughs> hey, man, I'm just going to say I thought it and it didn't happen. Spoiler alert. Ahsoka creeps up on Mando and says that she's an old friend of the family. Stop. <laughs> Ahsoka and R2-E and R2 does the shades left and right. Oh, my God. Um, Ahsoka, Ahsoka, we, there's a lot going on. And I just cut to the chase. Ahsoka says she doesn't control the wants of others. Uh, which is why she didn't train Grogu, and that's why Luke is training Grogu. Din says he wants to give him the Mandalorian chainmail, says it's his right as a Mandalorian. Ahsoka says, Mandalorian? Perhaps he's a Padawan now. And my mind went, so come on, motherfucking again. Um, then uh, she says that there is no, no place more safe in the galaxy than with Luke Skywalker. And all I really, really have to say about that, you know, is liar. Of course it is. <laughs> uh, Daddy said liar. So, um, and then she also mentions that Grogu misses you a great deal. If he were to see you, it would make things more difficult for him. Which is another mention, of course, of their connective tissue of love they don't call it that but that's what it is then leaves without seeing little g that's right little g is grogu uh and grogu reaches out when seeing the ship fly off um extra sad cry face really quick one thing i did want to mention about the order 66 thing um he did say do you want to remember and then because we can't understand grogu we have to assume that grogu said Sure, and then he's like, you know, with I'll be here with a voice, you. exactly, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Sure. 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 He could. He could. He could. He could. Yeah. He spoke he to him, and so they go into that, and then you know when he comes back, he's like, "Welcome back," and he's like, "You know, you have some stuff I can teach you to be safe." Anyways, he did all these things happen. Luke is wearing a fucking. Gee, dude, and I I lost it here. Uh, I cannot wait to cosplay this Luke Skywalker, but cooler with long hair and a beard. Uh, Luke ends up running with the Force, wearing Grogu on his back like Yoda. I know that Luke uh, Klein's going to come back in with some of the music in this section. He says, feel the Force around you, and Binary Sunset just straight up starts playing while he's hanging out in the top of Bamboo Sticks. Uh, Grogu starts doing Jedi yoga training, force jumping away from the training remote. They brought that back. We've never seen it. Oh my God. It's Ahsoka and Luke on screen in the same shot. Is this the real life? Is this fantasy? They speak to each other. Um, Luke says that it's more like Grogu is remembering than he's been teaching him. And Ahsoka says, sometimes the student guides the master. And then what does she say, Thomas? And then what does she say? So much like your father. Oh, oh my god. god. And then Ahsoka leaves and I'm sad and there's 20 minutes left. Fellas. Fellas. I don't know who to go to. Uh, we'll start with Matt. <laughs> Matt. 
Ahsoka, Grogu, Yoda, Luke. Like I mentioned earlier, I am two seasons in the Clone Wars. So I am I am uh, one really bad movie and two seasons um in you know invested into the character of Ahsoka Tano, right? Because that that's she wasn't in anything else other than that movie in Clone Wars, right? Obviously Rebels later on, but mm-hmm. am I yeah, right? Okay. Start. Yeah, that was so it. so I, I'm already so invested in this character two seasons in because she's just kind of a badass. You know what I mean? She's going toe-to-toe with Anakin Skywalker in this Clone Wars show. And, you know, there's that... There's such a militarian vibe in that show that I wasn't expecting at all. Like, I have a buddy who's got, like, a three- or four-year-old kid. And he was like, you know, can can Ezra watch it? I was like, I mean, he can, but, like, there's so much military jargon involved in this show (laughs) that I don't think he would, like, keep up at all. (laughs) Like, there's so much of that, but... I love the Ahsoka Anakin relationship. When Ahsoka shows up with Mando and says, I'm a friend of the family, I already know how much that means to people. Like, I already know how big that is. You want to talk about the Skywalker saga? Nine mm. movies of varying quality that people love, hate, ridicule, endear, everything in between. Something that I am very public about not liking how it ended. You want to add in a character like Ahsoka being a friend of the family? Get the hell out of here, man. I'm all in in a bag of chips three ways a Sunday, twice on Monday. It's something that I never thought I would be excited to see. But a week and a half ago, Mm. I started watching this show, and now I know what Ahsoka means to Star Wars fans. To see her interact with Mando that way as kind of like a liaison for Luke Skywalker, that's kind of how R2 kind of played it out, right? And then mm-hmm. to see the relationship with her and Luke later on, there's so much depth, there's so much building there that, I, like, it's it's crazy to me that we got two seasons of Mandalorian. The first one I thought was good, but I like like the Book of Boba Fett first four episodes and Mandalorian season one, same quality for me. Second one, Jack knows this because he was there with me through it, blew my mind. Like, like it was the best Star Wars since, you know, since the original trilogy for me, second season to have so much Mandalorian history and then learning about the Darksaber and Bo-Katan and all those things. The fact that we have a substantial foundational and, and well-versed Jedi plot in Star Wars right now is crazy to me. I thought we were done with that for a while. I really did because the way they're bringing this up, or the way they're building this with this wacky time period they're working with, having Ahsoka be the catalyst and Mandalorian being the key to everything in between, I think is just so inspired. Um, and it's so Game of Thrones. I, I, I want to equate this to Game of Thrones in such a big way because it is a universe. It is a wide roster of characters that sometimes never get together, never talk to each other. Like, how long is Arya on the other side of the world in that show? You know what I mean? Like, oh, like a main character in that show, time. just separated from everybody else for so long. The the way they're handling this is exactly what I wanted them to do. Embrace streaming. Embrace the time we get to spend with these characters. And Ahsoka, not only with Mando, but also with Luke, really exemplifies that for me. Drinks white. Klein. <laughs> Two words. Binary sunset. Oh, holy crap. When they're sitting up there and the ship starts going and he starts talking 
and he's talking. I'm not even listening to what Luke is saying. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Like I, anytime it comes on screen, especially when I don't know what's coming, it just, it feels so good. Like it, it's, it's, it, oh, it was magical. And then the Ahsoka, the, the father line, another instance where 15 seconds before I went, man, I wish you would acknowledge Anakin to Luke. And then immediately says that. And I just, a mess again. Yeah. I, I have no words. Like I, I, yeah. I'm exhausted just thinking about it. Like <laughs> That's a great infinity war vibes in that way. Right. Like as soon as you oh, want yeah. something, it happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, exactly. Exactly. I do. I would like to see, and I think we're eventually going to get it. I would like to see a more in-depth between one-on-one between Luke and Ahsoka. Yeah. I want her to talk to him and tell him about how much Anakin meant to her because the Ahsoka Anakin relationship is, it redeems Anakin in the prequels for me. Oh, yeah. And it I is one of the best, <laughs> it's one of the best bonds in star Wars. Ahsoka is my favorite character, I think in star Wars and like, I want that one-on-one. I think we're going to get it at some point. I don't know how. I don't know when. But, like, they're just doing such a good job, and Book of Boba Fett's doing such a good job of tying in every era of Star Wars into one universe instead of making it feel like these three kind of separate things that they touch on each other, and they obviously it's one continuous story. But this is making it feel not like these eras or anything it's making it feel like this is one thing this is one universe and you have a prequels character in ahsoka talking to luke hanging out with grogu who is going to potentially play into the sequel trilogy it's just like it's i again i have no words it is (laughs) it is what did you say four ways to tuesday fantastic on monday i don't know (laughs) exactly what i said Clyde. you nailed it you've always gotten me you know (laughs) (laughs) um i will just say clan going off that like the the thing about star wars is is you had the original trilogy and then you had the prequel trilogy then you had the sequel trilogy not only are they different in terms of their eras you know there's what about 20 years in between the prequels and the original trilogy there's 30 years between the original trilogy and sequels but they're also separated by like time gaps of when they released and what clone wars has done what rebels has done what the mandalorian has done now the book of boba fett um bad batch even is tying everything together because they feel different and kind of rightfully so again for reasons i just said but this is where they are connecting all those threads. And it's just to a point now where, <laughs> let, let me just pitch this to you guys. Summer of 2019, Rise of Skywalker is three months from coming out. Oh. And I would have told you about the, three years later. The glory Go days. ahead, Glenn. The, the yeah, glory the, the days, glory. yeah. <laughs> um, three years later, what if I told you yourself then that there would be a shot at a Star Wars project where you see a Mandalorian that gets introduced that year, who all of a sudden we love, like a, more than a lot of other Star Wars characters, talking to Ahsoka Tano, uh, to each other about a baby Yoda named Grogu, who was <laughs> a youngling in the Jedi Temple uh, during the prequel trilogy, who was being currently trained in that moment by Luke fucking Skywalker. <laughs> like what the fuck <laughs> like that one shot where you see mando and ahsoka and then luke and grogu in the background like 
I, again, Klein, I'm with you. I'm just kind of at a loss for words and I still am. And I'm exhausted thinking about it because I've been trying <laughs> to find the right words and I can't find them besides like these weird analogies and stories that I have. Um, I'm trying to look at some of the stuff you put in the show notes here, uh, Thomas. Um, I'm try- again, trying to wrap my brain. Oh, the music. I mean, yeah. Binary sunset. The so whole training good. sequence is just, I, I mean, it's of course uh, reminiscent of Yoda and Luke in empire. Um, not just again, reminiscent, it, but like yeah. nearly, nearly move for move. Like yeah. he's running yeah, with him in the shot. foot. He, he is doing, he's Absolutely. doing the same training run through that he yes. does with Yoda on Daegubal. Oh, like, I wanna, the, oh, go ahead, Matt. Go ahead, Matt. I want to shout out the stunt doubles that played Luke here because like, like, yeah. you know, yeah. Luke is a dweeb from Tatooine that ended up being the coolest character in Star Wars. Like Han Solo is cool. Luke in Return of the Jedi is as cool as a character gets. And a lot of that is the flipping and the way he runs and this, that, the other. The stunt doubles that got to play Luke in this, one of which who I think is the uh, uh, X-Wing pilot from the last episode, not mm-hmm. Simulu's dad, but the other one. Yes. Um, uh, I think that... I do like the idea of Simulu's dad uh, <laughs> <laughs> being yeah. Luke Skywalker. From though. the show. From the Kim- yeah. I never watched the Kim's Convenience show. Klein, did you ever watch it? Canadian show. No, have not. No. I, <laughs> I do it. Canadian like pride, seasons. huh? It's been like five seasons. Like that's oh, a lot. I know. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know. So like the way the way Luke mannerized in this show and just the way he moved a little bit, like it felt like Empire, guys. Like it mm-hmm. really did. Like mm-hmm. the, like it looked better, duh. But like it real like that's a puppet and Luke Skywalker. That's Empire. Yeah. And that's Star Wars. And it's so crazy how they were able to capture that aesthetic nostalgia. Like like there's mm-hmm. lines of dialogue mm-hmm. friend of the family. There's there's sounds we can hear with binary sunset. But to get Luke flipping with a green thing on his back, like that's something I never yeah. knew I wanted again. But like <laughs> Empire's the best Star Wars movie. I think we all agree on that. To bring that nostalgia back in that kind of way, who disagrees? Get out of here. But to bring that back, <laughs> they, their in favorite that kind solo of way was so out of nowhere. And it, it's just something that I never knew I wanted, but man, did I want it. And yeah. Paul Bettany was so good in solo. <laughs> <laughs> he Paul was, Bettany. damn it. Paul Bettany is good really in good. everything. He, was, really good he yeah. was an evil version of his character. From uh, A Knight's Tale. Tell me I'm wrong. Do you remember how skinny he was in A Knight's Tale, dude? Yeah! I'll bet he, he was, was a twig! Toothpick of a human being. Now like, he's like a jacked-ass yeah. robot superhero. That's, dude, I don't that's even... the, the Marvel diet, man. Yeah, that's the Mickey Mouse true. workout plan. <laughs> I don't even know what A Knight's Tale is. Uh, I want to say two quick things. Um, I what? Know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I, need... No, 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 I need to say two. You want more? <laughs> oh. Two quick yeah. things. Two quick things. <laughs> Number one, Luke pulled out his fucking lightsaber and was doing some lightsaber moves. Yes. Oh, yes, he did. Oh, my God. So <laughs> and so Grogu's, Grogu's looking at him going, what? Oh, that's <laughs> fucking cool. Um, but the other thing I want to highlight here, and I almost forgot about it, is Luke being a master. Because it's something that I've said since The Last Jedi came out. Luke was like, he became a Jedi Knight in Return of the Jedi. And then it's like, all right, pass on what you've learned. Well, in the prequel trilogy, we've seen like these Jedi Masters have had years upon years upon years of experience uh, in, in you know, knowledge to pass on. Luke, th- he's new to this and he's struggling. He's struggling to reach Grogu, who's 
mentally elsewhere because um, you know he loves his dad essentially Din Djarin. Um, and I just and his love dad that brought him a present, which he's and his dad about. brought him a present exactly. So like I I just love that detail of like Luke, he's having a little bit of a tough time, and you know he's not like worried about it necessarily. You know he's he's thinking about how to handle it, but it it was just such a cool thing, and I think it's a nice tie to the Last Jedi where it's like what happens when he is um, tied to a student and he's struggling to reach them and maybe they're being swayed. I don't know. Like I just, I felt a nice key connection there. Um, but Thomas, come on, man. Tell, tell us what you got here. Um, I love Star Wars, <laughs> right? Um, this, <laughs> I just, again, I, I don't really have words like Ahsoka and R2 and just, from that little moment to, you know, lines of dialogue, like you said, and the visual cues, you know, this week we had visual cues that tied in to the uh, OG trilogy, you know, in the same way that last week was specific ties to the prequel trilogy. Now, I now right this very second, I'm wondering if next week going to tie to the sequel trilogy stuff. That'll be intriguing. Is Luke Skywalker going to come in and face off the whole Pike Syndicate with a laser sword? And then maybe just a little... Dust the shoulders off? I think so. Call it. Predicting it. Add it to the Ahsoka list that I got right yesterday. Remember last um, week when I said there would be no cameos in this episode? I feel <laughs> I feel I feel pretty bad right now. <laughs> hey, that's okay. We needed that that possibility to be, you know, stated to keep, you know, to keep it all level. But um we get padawan dropped in words we get a direct tie to prequel stuff right off the bat then it's straight up to the og trilogy um then join leaves i really think there's too much happening in this scene for me to actually talk about anything really well um but the one thing that i think needs to be taken away the most is that grogu is very much emotionally tied, and they make sure to reference that multiple times in this beginning sequence with Ahsoka. And that's needed so that a little bit later on, when we get those same kind of things with mentioning to uh, that, that Cobb Vanth mentions to Din Djarin, we're starting to see a story and where they're building. So like now, when it comes to the end of this episode and the thing happens, it really sets it up and it starts way back here in this scene specifically when it comes to, Oh, so Grogu really does miss Dinjar in the same way. Um, I think that's where it's going. Everything that everybody has said, I fucking agree with. And uh, I can't believe this even exists. Really? I really cannot believe that Ahsoka Tano and Luke fucking Skywalker yeah. talked to each other. Like they appeared and I was like, Oh my God, they're on the screen at the same time. And they're like, Oh my God, they're visually there. And then they spoke words and I came a lot, like, as a nerd in my brain, I, it was more of just, like, an explosion <laughs> oh, yes. of blood vessels in my in, in my brain actual tongue. brain, and tears came out of my eyeball. It was insane, dude. I, it was a nerd, what nerd a, jerculation situation. Nerd jerculation. Like, what a 5 a.m., right? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I watched this at 5.30 in the morning, too. It looks like B-Jack and Thomas got the same vibe. Let's start our day off. <laughs> With a little book above me. I know I know Clyde's been at work for two hours at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Poor bastard. Uh, but um, yeah. the thing the one thing I want to say about the Luke training Grogu in the way he's doing it kind of thing. 
the whole idea of not being connected to attachments, like I don't know the best wording for this, but like mm-hmm. don't have any emotional attachments. Jedi are void of emotional attachment. Ahsoka says it in this episode. That's a very prequel ideology. That's 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 something that they very much hammered home with the Mace Windus and the Qui-Gon Jinns and the old school prequel Jedi Order, who I think we can all agree was a massive failure of the organization. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and and then we get to the original trilogy, and I know we can fill in the gaps, this, that, the other, Dagobah. We don't know how long Luke was on Dagobah ever, right? He was never taught that. You know, we never saw him get taught the the um, almost, how do I say this, like the social side of being a Jedi, like not the religious, not the political, not the powerful, the social mm. side of it. We never mm. saw him get taught that. And then we see him in the sequel trilogy and he realizes what we all realize, that the prequel Jedi are kind of full of shit. <laughs> you know? And the Which... fact that he's teaching those ideologies to Grogu here, who so has a problem with it, just like Anakin did. I think that's a really interesting concept of Luke just trying to figure out what it means to be a Jedi and what the best I'm, I, I'm a Jedi, like my father before me, what does that mean for the future of the Jedi? It can't be mm. what it was. How is Luke going right. to make it what it's going to be? That's a really interesting point that I think they're working on here, which is cool. I like that really quick before we jump to you, Klein, and he had something to say, and then we'll go back down to you, Jack. I do want to say, I love you guys. Fine. <laughs> Oh, I love you too. Now, oh, thanks. I love, I love you too. Um, <laughs> I'm going to touch on something from later season Clone Wars. But like Ahsoka brings that up too. And I'm not, I won't say anymore, but like, it's been I, don't talked about. She, I don't know if she like necessarily believes that either, which I find a little bizarre. I do it. I just wrote, is it, I I was like, oh, I wrote, Ahsoka seems out of connection with her past. Because the, it, it, I, I was confused by the way she was approaching some of that. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm excited okay, but what are you goes. doing, Matt? I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm ahead. excited to see where she goes. I'm going to meet you guys while you guys talk about this. I don't want to hinder the podcast. But I agree, like, at least from what Jack explained to me when I thought I was never going to watch this dumbass show. Um, <laughs> you know, Ahsoka is against the Jedi thing, right? So you guys can talk about it. I'm going to mute you real Well, that's, I think that's as far as we're going to go into yeah. the spoiler thing. I'm yeah. not gonna, I don't want to get into specifics, yeah. but if, if you know that, then yes, that's what I'm hinting at. Perfect. Is that okay. I, I, I don't understand if she's bringing it up. Like, yeah, she does good wording there, Thomas. She does feel a little, like, disconnected from her past. Like, she kind of says i don't want to do this like she kind of mm-hmm. says the jedi they that, i don't like that like i don't like that whole the way you guys do it the way you do this whole social thing so i like the I respect know. for luke though you know what i mean like, oh yeah I guess, and i think like, i think she like, is she I is giving the it. jedi thing to him she is like you know yeah, what you right, want to right. do it this way okay like you want to raise the paddle you want to raise a new era of jedi so you can do yeah. it however you want to and if you want to do it like we used to do it then you got to do it this way yeah, I can't Goku control the wants about when she needs to. Sorry, I do. Jack. I want to say this one thing, and it's it's you know the Clone Wars always opens with like a like one like piece of like dialogue word lesson <laughs> that I love. <laughs> I 
Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who just said terrible? Did someone say terrible? The Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy opened to every no. Clone Wars episode. is blowing my mind, guys. Terrible. Lately in space, we've been having some problems. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Oh, my God. That guy? Yes. Conflict. Anger. <laughs> destruction. <laughs> Jedi, Jedi Knight Anakin way. Skywalker finds himself aboard a starship. War is erupting. <laughs> <laughs> but... There was one I watched recently where ugh, I'm gonna fuck it up. Um, attachment is not compassion. Yeah, and I yes. think that's the biggest yeah. thing is what happened to the Jedi in the prequels. And I think this is where Luke defers. I know that you're right; it is a prequel ideology, but he does defer a little bit, and they don't hint on it too much in this episode, which I wish they did. The problem with the Jedi was they let that no attachment thing go so far to where they weren't showing compassion. They weren't showing empathy. They had, they were almost soulless and they were consumed by the dark side because of the war and because yep. of Palpatine. Yep. Luke, I was surprised at first to see this whole attachment idea again because I was like, oh, okay, I thought we were going past this. But I think what he's doing is he's still saying no attachment because at, at the end of the day, you have to be able to let people go, which is what Anakin's problem was. Mm-hmm. Uh, straight <laughs> yes yes Spider-Man, yes. dude <laughs> yeah exactly Spider-Man. <laughs> um, you have to be able to let people go but he's still he's still someone who's gonna show compassion who's gonna show love that's how he saved his father was through love it wasn't through violence it was through being selfless and that's what a jedi is so i i wish they hammered on that note a little bit more in this episode instead of just the attachment stuff but i do think it's there like you know underneath the layers of you have to choose between this because I think Grogu's at this point. You saw him in prison with uh, not the First Order, but the Empire, the Imperial Remnant, choking people, throwing people. He's kind of on the verge, like because he doesn't know what his skills are, he doesn't know what his abilities are, and he has this strong attachment and love for Din. He's not ready to let him go yet, and I think that's his biggest problem. It's not that he can't show compassion or love. So I just wanted to mention that. I don't know. I just kind of went on a tangent there. No, no, I think you crushed that. it there, and I'm sorry. I know, I whatever, but like. I think you're absolutely right in the sense that later on in this episode, we'll get to it. Thomas is about to narrate it like a motherfucker. Um, I think that they get to it where Luke does like lean off that a little bit and kind of gives the choice to Grogu a little more yeah. than what he was given. Don't go. Right. As opposed to choose what we'll get to it. But you know, mm. I, I totally agree with everything you said and that I like how they're using that trope for Luke as a new teacher of Jedi yeah. to play with. Mm-hmm. Love that. I will say that, you know, him trying to teach, him trying to reach Go, uh, Grogu more than anything, I've never resonated with Luke more. He seems like he has no idea what he's doing with kids. And I'm just like, I feel <laughs> it's me. Like, I feel like me trying to teach someone, I'm like, I can't take what's in my head and speak your language because I don't know what language you speak. Like, what specific brand of English your mind comprehends the way I comprehend, you know, random sentence fragments. I want to comprehend <laughs> Thomas Carter Rochester so bad. Oh, God. You know I mean? We've been trying. We've yeah, been trying. Like it, you know what I'm saying? Like, you go out with the boys, you try to understand what the hell Thomas got going on. I think it's a good The man's time. a labyrinth. <laughs> yeah, yes, very much a labyrinth. But There's like, a lot of dance magic right here. But for real, though, like, what do you I, I want to ask you guys? You guys are my Star Wars experts. I call you guys when I don't have enough knowledge to have a podcast about Star Wars stuff. I call you three. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so my question is, 
the whole uh, The Last Jedi situation, how people hated that Luke was jaded. And that was kind of like a first five-minute plot twist in that movie, right? That Luke actually wasn't that after Return of the Jedi Luke that we all wanted him to be space mm-hmm. Jesus, essentially, right? Yeah. Here in this episode, we do get that. We get that hyper-optimistic, I'm going to regrow the Jedi Order thing. The the contrast between the plot twist that is The Last Jedi. What do you guys think about that? Like, because this is having your cake and eating it, too. It really is. It's Yes. It's, oh it's, it's everything that everyone who hated The Last Jedi wanted. And I don't think it's the last of what we're going to get of it. Well, Matt, Dave Filoni very famously has justified the prequels, and he's now doing the same with the sequels. That's like we've seen, no. we've, seen, yeah. we've seen hints of it. I have a whole cloning theory with Grogu and stuff. Like he is going to make the sequels. The things that people hated matter, and whether however you feel about that, I enjoyed the, all the movies, so it doesn't yeah. really. I'm just here along for the ride, but like. He is recontextualizing all of that. We are going to see him build up this Luke Skywalker to then see the Kylo. I don't know if we'll ever see that Kylo Ren scene, but see it fall. We're going to see those stone structures that were built so, so beautifully by those ant droids (laughs) just crumble. Efficient. And very efficient. I was impressed, actually. I'm like, I could use a few of those. It was the volume of spider droids that we got. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's how, that's kind of, that's, kind yeah. of i think where we're going is he is he is make he is just not justifying those movies but like yeah recontextualizing them at least yes filling in the gaps giving people what they wanted to see because they didn't get to see it it's insane people don't know what they want that's the thing is mm. just enjoy oh, it. Yes. space wizards jobs, and laser baby. swords Steve Jobs, you don't know what you want until I give it to you. That's like his. He never even he never even had an Uncle Ben. How could he be Spider Man? You know what I mean? Like (laughs) like people are wondering. (laughs) Here's Aunt May dying. Stark was his Uncle Ben, and then then Um, they made one of the greatest movies ever. (laughs) uh, Fucking facts. So, um, uh, (laughs) I will listen. It's great. All right, it's a great movie. I, I I like I like that movie lots, uh, and I can't say that about a lot of movies. Um, you know, you guys you guys are right in this section. I'm trying to like get my mind back. You you mentioned Dave Filoni has made the prequels better better, and I agree. And they, I think, gave this to Favreau and Filoni with the idea of like, listen, we created this 30 year gap because we knew we could tell stories, and whatever we did here, we just we had to just. We had 30 years to figure it the hell out. And they're like, okay, so let's figure out what happened. Well, it took a year to everything, boom, and then here, and then boom, and then boom, 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 boom. And so, you know, like 10 years away from right now is the fall of Kylo Ren. If I'm, or the rise of Kylo Ren, excuse me, in the fall of Ben Solo. I might be wrong. How many years? 10 from here. 10 from now. Oh, no, 15 from now. Because it's ten years before the Force Awakens, and we're okay, five I years. Was, I thought it was six years before the Force Awakens, but I mean, it's kind. Of, I mean, that, at that point, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, Those three hundred sixty-five yeah. days. They're really gonna change Yes, man. I mean, i I don't want to. I don't want to dive too much in the weeds, but I know you're bringing up the comic run, The Rise of Kylo Ren, right? Yeah. Yeah. How much are we considering comic continuity? 
considering what we get with the Yoda stuff. And I say that because there's a Halo trailer out there that I know Klein's really excited about that, like, is totally diverting away oh, from man. the original lore of Halo. Like, so, like, we need, do we need to separate the comic lore ideals that we have? Is my question to you, Thomas, the most learned Star Wars fan that we have, correct? Uh, I don't yes. know about that. Uh, no, yes. I, 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 I think yes. so. Oh, yeah. I think that's absolutely he, he is the holocron keeper. Yes, you, yeah, exa- okay. I was just, yeah, exactly. You are the librarian, <laughs> that old librarian lady of the Clone Wars yeah. show. Yeah, Camino <laughs> broke Costa system. Exactly, oh, exactly. Like, broke Costa new. Love it. Um, yeah, <laughs> comic. So, everything in Star Wars is always from the heads and points of view. And, you know, we get that from Baby Yoda's, Grogu's perspective on Order 66. We get some things here. We get some things there. Uh, And in this case, you know, Yoda's lightsaber from Episode 3 was definitely destroyed. He's 900 years old. Luke, uh, excuse me, Anakin lost his lightsaber twice in the same movie. Obi-Wan got a new... He's got a... Obi-Wan has a new lightsaber in every movie. That gets That's destroyed true. or lost, except for three, it goes to four. Um, so you know it, that happens a lot. You know, lightsabers come and go. That lightsaber could have been the last. You know, oh, I lost my one here in Revenge of the Sith. Well, let me just make a new one in case I need to do something. I saw and this been five minutes with Tamir Morrison building a staff. Okay, I know that lightsabers mean something in this universe. Okay. Oh, <laughs> like, you haven't reached it's a the fair best question. <laughs> You haven't reached the best of the the, the Star Wars uh, <laughs> lightsaber crafting stuff, um, but it's no, it's a very fair question because I I'm glad you know Klein said something about the sequels and the cloning and Grogu and having this theory. I also have a theory, Klein, and we're going to jump to it right now because it involves Luke fucking Skywalker. His hand is found in a jar in Darth Vader number eleven from 2020. Uh, when it's on, you guessed it, Exegol. He's like hunting the the Emperor's last secrets, and it's mind you, this was right before, like between five and between six. So this is like the end of his days with the Emperor, and he's tired of his shit, and he's trying to get his son to join his side so he can kill the Emperor, and become top dog. Uh, and so I have a theory that Snoke might have been Luke Skywalker and Palpatine DNA. And I'm wondering that were they able to create a non-Force-sensitive version of Skywalker and Palpatine DNA, which becomes Ray's father. So then when it's the rise of Skywalker, <laughs> Ray Skywalker, she's a fucking Palpatine and a Skywalker, and I just saved the Skywalker saga. And it's no longer the Palpatine saga, it's the Skywalker saga. Um, but... But then, really, <laughs> no. Uh, I think that, truly, I I think that's all. That's gonna fail. Whatever's going on with Luke's hand, because he did, because he doesn't have enough of an M count. Like that's why they're saying we need a higher M count. So they've got Luke's right. hand, but yeah. he's not his father. So Grogu, yeah. So but Grogu does. Grogu's had a high one that hasn't been seen in, and I don't remember how long they say hasn't been seen for Grogu. If they Grogu's even the five star prospect of the Jedi League, right? Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. He's going first six round. No star? problem. I think he might like, be the Luke's first six like, star. No, I mean this like in the context of this episode. Luke seemed impressed oh. here. 
correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. More that's like he's pretty, remembering. That's pretty cool, right? Like, that's yeah. a yeah. cool thing they're doing which, with which this tiny sense. little cute puppet character. It makes mm. sense. He was at that Jedi temple where he was being taught by actual Matt. Like, no offense to Luke, but like I said, he's new to this. This is all new to him. Like, he's got skill. Don't get me wrong, but how, I don't think he knows how to teach it. And so here he's got Grogu, who's got all of this experience that's just kind of like hidden away in his subconscious. And now it's starting to come yeah. out. Grogu's old school Jedi strong. Mm, like, yeah, like, yeah. Like your grandpa who always beats you at arm wrestling for some reason. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you're stronger than he is, but he's gonna back beat in you my day on the post in a pickup game. Like mm. you're hit right in <laughs> oh my god, yeah. That's my dad. I swear yeah, to God, dad. that's my, my dad. dad. My dad. Dad's strong. Sixty-three years Grogu's old. Dad's strong, low key. <laughs> Oh man. Uh getting keeping with the family vibes here. We're gonna jump to the hollow planning session with the Fett family. Uh they said that we lack the necessary manpower to face an all-out war. Yeah, I summarized the whole fucking thing in one sentence. Din says that he can help with that. We cut to Jawas carrying a crate dragon skull. Hell yeah. Uh Din lands around the table with them. It was the boy band. They're back, guys. The they mod didn't just show squad. Up for that chase. Boba Fett's in this show, guys. Let's not. You're right. It. You're right. <laughs> he made I, a cameo I, I, on his show. I'm sorry. Oh, Let me cut back to Boba Fett's cameo in his show. You got Black because this was actually a really cool site. You have Boba Fett, Tugamorians, <laughs> Finnick Shan, Mandalorian hanging out way back in the back. Uh, the mod squad, and it's just like, wow, like they're gonna take on the Pike Syndicate. That's gonna be fun. In those sick Cut. leather jackets. In their sick leather yeah. fucking jackets. <laughs> Cut to Den landing at Moss Pelgo to talk to Marshall Vant and recruit the citizens of now it's called Freetown. Uh, the weak way says that that's a city folk fight, and Mando leaves. <laughs> then, like, immediately after Mando leaves, the Stranger coming from the desert comes in. I have a tweet and I tweeted it instantly. And that was, I saw a hat and I lost my shit because I knew exactly what was happening. And that's Cad fucking Bane walking in, arriving out of the desert to uh, confront Cobb Vant for the syndicate. Whatever they're paying, you will double it. There's a standoff. Cad Bane uh shoots Cobb Vanth in the right shoulder as Vanth gets his gun up like right there remember his quick draw from the cold opening of this episode that's right we called it back uh Bane then shoots the deputy who's the one who was pulling the gun and being a little dick the whole time you guys said on the direct podcast I think it was you Matt that I uh, never thought someone could have a more punchable face than James Marsden and then there's this guy and I yeah. cannot can't lie cannot lie I was so happy to see him get shot four times in less than two <laughs> seconds. Can, can I say something? When he showed Suck. up on screen, I thought it was Han Solo. Like, right? I thought it was, what's his name? Well, whatever is called in air. And I was like, right. there is no way. I, I was just shaking my head. I'm like, oh, Thomas and Jack are wow. going to just murder me on today's podcast. But Imagine if they did it too, though. Like, hey, and what do you say, boss? And it's just straight up Han Solo out of nowhere. Jesus. Jesus. Uh, Cad Bane says that the Tatooine belongs to the Syndicate. As long as the spice keeps running, everyone will be left alone. Then he turns around and just fucking walks away like the badass he is. If I'm not mistaken, uh, I'm not mistaken on this part. The last time we saw Cad Bane, both canonically and in our real world, he was chasing down spoilers for you, Matt. Omega in the Bad Batch, working for, if I'm not mistaken, the dickhead 
who was the senator for the Kaminoans, correct? Fellow Bad Batchers? I don't know. I or was he working was a blur, for... man. It or was he working for... I'm not going to lie. Where he fights Finnick Shan. And they use the animatics from his fight that was originally to be with Boba Fett. Finnick Shan's a Bad Batch? Finnick Shan's a Bad Batch. Oh, yeah. Dope. A couple episodes there, baby. Yeah. yeah. Dope. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is that is true. They took everything from Cad Bane in those animatics and they put that in the Bad Batch for his stuff. And some of what Finnick does is some of the same shit that they had Bobo doing and they just changed the ending in like four different that. cuts. Yep. Love it. Yeah. Love gotta that. love gotta love the Star Wars, man. Uh inject that shit into my veins, man. Uh just when Vant thinks he's out they pull him back in because he's still alive. It's very important. I was debating for a long time until I got through my second rewatch. Cut to the Pikes entering Garza Sanctuary, and she is looking gorgeous and, unfortunately, nervous. The Pikes don't want a helmet cleaning, giggity, and then they leave. That's never good news. <laughs> That's never good news. <laughs> Only for the camp. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's years. never good news. <laughs> that is the best part of this show, this episode by far. <laughs> Klein's like you fucking Americans. Uh, no, only for the Camtono. Yeah, it's American guy and family dad or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Camtono blows up and uh, sad face because Garza is dead. Ugh. Uh, and I have a quick, real quick question for you, Klein. Is Max Rebo dead? He was not specifically shown. Does he not play drums? Guys, I think I think our blue elephant's dead. That sucks. I think he's gone. But doesn't Max Rebo play drums? Rest there was a droid beans. playing drums. There was a droid playing drums. That is that's the key thing, though. But that that droid, I think, is a part of the Max Rebo band. And our little soft blue elephant. I, I mean, he could come back. I, he could be yeah. the key to all of this. I mean, honestly, oh my he could. God. He could be. <laughs> he could be Snoke's clone. He could be the one who he saves the day in this show. He could be. I don't. I don't know. Like he could be anywhere. He's gonna show up in Obi Wan. He's gonna be the one who kills Vader. We thought Luke killed Vader. Uh uh uh. It was Max Rebo. Max Rebo. Max Rebo is going to be Max. back. I promise. <laughs> But I think he's dead for right now. Force Ghost Max Rebo, maybe? <laughs> he's already blue. I mean, he's already, he's already blue. You could carve out there, change the lighting just like a little bit. Like, just make it a little darker. Uh, that, yeah, that's, that. that's real easy. You just shoot him on a green screen, change his opacity. Back. It's beautiful. That's real simple. That's cheap to do, too. Um, um, dead, Jesus though, Christ. Um, the Pikes side, I didn't see Max. That's my thing. Yeah, I, saw I didn't see old girl see though. Max. What's her name? The Garza. fleshy one. Oh, oh, I hate it. Listen, oh. don't. How dare you speak ill of the dead, Klein? <laughs> she was running a classy establishment with her gorgeous Leku and <laughs> her really jacked freaking Twilight dude who's got a 25 pack abs going okay, on Thomas, here. I'm fine with Listen. the colored Twi'leks. It's the ones that are human skin colored that really bug me. Those, You're those, fucking those, racist! The lake you look way creepy too fleshy. Stuff. I get it. I you get can it. see the veins in them. It's not I, good. He doesn't I, like I the white. Clean. <laughs> I wanted this hat clean. I go to her bar, get it clean. Boat free. That's 
That's a woman of <laughs> the customer. You know what I'm I don't saying? Care. I, I, I'm not. I, maybe she has great business acumen. I don't know. Excellent I'm not speaking business. on that. I am speaking on the color that they made this woman's leku and her body. I do not like it. The green ones, she I'm fine. The yellow, though. it's okay. So I hot. hate the flesh. You see what she was wearing? Ethnic. She looked like a fucking goddess. Hot. You know what? Yeah. You know what, Thomas? She's better dead. What? Max Rebo can rot in hell! <laughs> yeah, you're talking about the drummer. This chick was a real, like, small business owner. Fine. It's 2022. Dude, she small was doing business okay. You know what? Business you're a fine. part I'm of sure big media of for the I'm Pike sure was... Syndicate. You just want Garza to get blown to shit so that you have less competition in the tattooing business. I just Starbucks. think that there was, they may have been business up front but i think that they may have been doing some shady shit in the back so you know yeah, what? it was a party, fucking party. it was a yeah. party they have a lake who a lake who is a mullet is business in the front party in the back okay, i'm trying to keep this not i'm trying to keep this on an r-rated like thing so Dude, i'm gonna like was, move off really was, quick it was fucking in the back like you know what was happening okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, she was awesome that, though man she was uh, really awesome there are too many beautiful Jack people in that building and it being a club with spice and drinking for yeah. it not to be some biz, some, some fun business going on in the back. Um, really quick. The last thing I got before we dive out of the Garza sanctuary pits, um, the Pikes have unleashed a coordinated hit on people that have opposed them with Cobb Vant and with Garza sanctuary. Gars is just collateral damage, Klein. Just collateral damage because she's been nice to the Boba Fett. Maybe they had a relationship in the past. We maybe we'll find oh, out they, next oh, week. They did. Uh, oh, she was really cool, man. Dude, she, she was, was a so classy lady. She really was. And we lost. Like, they were playing great music in that scene. That's actually well, what yeah, I want to talk the, about really the quick. Was great. Dude, <laughs> oh my god, what? It's so good. Like I'm like, yo, I want to throw this on, and it's like, it's going on the uh, the Star Wars score bangers playlist that is freshly minted. Started off really? with the Book of Boba Fett, the second greatest song to ever exist in the history, man. Um, I, I, What's I look at one? Matt's face. Orion by Metallica. Stairway to Heaven. Oh yes, we've been oh. over this. Orion yeah. is a good song. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's just a metal symphony, and I love that shit. Uh, it's a scenes from an Italian restaurant with an electric guitar. Mm, yeah, it is. It's not wrong. It's not um, Steal My Sunshine by Len, but... I do like that song, too. <laughs> so in this section, we had Cobb, uh, Cad fucking Bane, right? And this is what we've been, like, blue. We got so off track on the guards situation. None of us are <laughs> so all fleshy. So fleshy. <laughs> it's important. She was awesome. <laughs> she was awesome. Uh, Cad Bane is in this, and all I'm thinking, I just got to say this real fast because you guys know, you you know, I'm, I see blue skin and red eyes, and I'm not thinking Cad Bane. I'm thinking about Grand Admiral Miss Ronnie Rodo and how fucking sweet it's gonna be when he shows up in Ahsoka, guys. Cad Bane looks so damn good and so scary all at the same time. The most terrifying guy I've seen since uh, uh, th that that one Twi'lek in uh, the heist episode that Mayfeld was introduced in season one of Mando. Um, I want to say that was chapter six, Rick Famuyiwe's episode. That one, you know, he was he was freaky in the sense that like, 
He'd, his stuff, he looked like he could bite you, and then boom, here's, here's this guy. Cad Bane uh, pops, and his eyes, I don't, like, I was trying to, I was like, what looks different about him? And it was just because I hadn't, like, registered how his eyes had looked and registered that, yeah, they do look the exact same. I had to go look at a picture from his Clone Wars stuff, and his eyes are just a, a Starfield, like a Rodian. He looks like he's got eyes of a Rodian. And all I can think is just imagine when they bring in Thrawn, right? And then he just, he, he's everything I, I wanted from Cad Bane. And I'm really hopeful that next week we'll get like a flashback. Cause I have this feeling that, uh, you know, it, it's important that he, he's asked by Cobb Vanth multiple times, what's your name? I didn't catch your name. And that's when he looks up and he sees his eyes and Cobb Vanth just goes, oh shit. I'm in trouble here. And it's like, oh, he knows who that was mm-hmm. instantaneously. And it's like, a, I thought you were dead. Look, and there's a lot of that going on in this show. So I'm very excited to see uh, what happens going forward, but I'm ready to hear everyone else's thoughts. We're going to go ahead and start with Captain Matt Rimke. So I was just recently introduced to Cad Bane. Uh, like I said, I'm two seasons in to Clone Wars. I'm a couple episodes into season three. Um, but uh Cad Bane introduced at the end of season one, correct? Final episode of season one, leading episode mm. of season two. So like I understand what this character is. I know there's a lot more that is gonna go down with him throughout the Clone Wars uh series, I guess. But I, I understand he's the cowboy. He's got kind of a interesting accent and stuff in the show. So when he shows up here and he's like legitimately scary. Like he's a scary looking character in a Star Wars movie. And like he talks a lot of the scariest Star Wars stuff is big monster things. You know, there's a fish that eats another fish. Remember that? Remember what there's the always, a bigger, always, there's always a bigger one. There's always a bigger fish. You see, this is the lessons that Star Wars teaches us is that there's <laughs> always a bigger fish. But, like, this was a very menacing and scary-looking character. It wasn't a mask. It wasn't, It wasn't like, you know, the way he was talking to some. He physically was scarier than anybody else we had seen on screen in, you know, years, I guess. So, when he shows up, and he's also got a little swagger to him, and then he takes down our boy, Cobb Banth, who we talked about earlier, who we got reintroduced to and re-fell in love with in a matter of five minutes. Great storytelling there. Take down our hero. You know what I'm saying? It's Thanos beating up Hulk in the first five minutes of Infinity War. You want to know how bad this dude is? He just systematically broke down your strongest Avenger. Cat Banth just took down the Marshal and some change over there in the corner. I, I think he's 100% alive and for nothing... It's not about what they say. They say, like, go get a medic or something, right? I, you watch it with subtitles. They say stuff like that. It's the fact that they show the other dude getting absolutely blown three holes in his chest. <laughs> like, like, that dude dies. And then they show Cobb Vance just kind of quick flash. Like, the juxtaposition there. I'm like, one guy's dead as doornails. The other guy's not. But I think that <laughs> what an introduction to Cad Bane to just show his strength level his attitude, his mentality, the fact that he said the syndicate, not the mm. syndicates, the syndicate, mm. capital S. Huh. Crazy. 
awesome introduction. I just met this character to see him in live action. What a pop. And even if I had never seen the show, I think I would have been excited about the blue cowboy guy. And then read an article on the direct.com about who that is, you know, written by Savannah. I want to say somebody Nailed wrote it. Yeah. Yeah. Savannah wrote Savannah. six things you need to know about Cad Bane. Check it out on the direct.com because this is, this is an entry point in the clone wars guys. This is it. This is what you needed. You know what I'm saying? You know, you guys have a hard time getting people on your team, having Cad Bane show up like this. Great way to do it. Klein. Something I really liked that they did with Cad Bane was it was it felt like a it felt like one for us who had watched the animated things and and that kind of thing. And it was a if you know, you know, sort of situation because he keeps asking him, what's your name? What's your name? And he never says it. We do. If you had no idea who this character was, you still would have no idea who this character was. And I love that. They're yes. teasing it. They're they're going to drag this out a little bit longer before they actually give the that's Cad Bane or whatever. Or maybe he's got a I don't know. Maybe he's going under an alias right now or something. But him showing up was so cool. I love seeing these animated characters and the way, especially in Clone Wars, which is such a hyper stylized show and the way that it's animated. So seeing the proportions of them in real life, like his nose for me was it really stuck out. It was yeah. like it looked so. Bulbous. well done right and it was very bulbous but it looked so well put together it didn't look cheap at all it didn't look like terrible makeup the eyes i thought were perfect that's something that i don't think they have translated super well from animation to live action in star wars yet i find like like ahsoka's eyes it's just because of the hyper stylized nature of clone wars to me ahsoka has these big expressive eyes rosario dawson doesn't have these massive eyes to look into whereas this felt like it felt the transition was super, mm-hmm. super great. The the bright red, they're nice and big, just like he, just like in the uh, in the cartoon. I I really I thought this was a really really cool way to introduce him. I'm interested to see where we go from here with him because again, there is one more episode of this show. So do we keep him around more? Who knows, right? Yeah, Jack Jack. You know, I sent this to the Reckless Rebellion. Uh, crew and our twitter dms and it was a george lucas quote i think it's one for the books continuity is for wimps <laughs> and i just it just cracks me up so much it's like i've never seen so a mad i know it does <laughs> so mad it was all part of my original vision <laughs> i hate yeah. that so much well, I can just picture but, talking to Dave and just like, oh, you know, I just, you know, continuity's for wimps. I don't really care. I don't really care yeah, about this. Dave looking at him like, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, no, no, yeah, no, I understand. Yeah, like, continuity is for wimps, you know? I, I agree, George. Like, because everything's from a certain point of view. Like, I don't remember what happened three days ago in a conversation, but someone else might. But I might actually remember that conversation in an entirely different way, all based on the emotion. Like, that's what Star Wars is, man. I love you, George. This is Dave Filoni signing out. Well done, <laughs> Dave Filoni impression? Well done. That was, that was my best attempt. That was my best attempt. He's, uh, he's not as, like... You know, George is like really down here in Asia. He's more, yeah, George is more normal, <laughs> normal, but like George, Dave Filoni is like from he's the better heart. than you. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know. I wouldn't say that. I mean, Star Wars, but you know, you know, it's, it's all yeah, part of my vision. It, all part of my vision. You know, it's gonna be really good. All part of my. Um, what were you gonna say, Jack? Jack? <laughs> but I was. I brought that up because um, you know, I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying like he's not blue enough, or or what Klein brought up like his nose something. It's like. 
this is where I I really dig that philosophy or that outlook, I should say, not philosophy, but outlook. And I, you know, Dave Filoni brought it up when they got Ahsoka in the live action, where it's like, well, her leg who are supposed to be bigger, you know, or whatever they're called, you know, she they're supposed to be a lot bigger and they're higher up because she's older and. And he's like, look, it's just practically easier to have them the way they are and a little bit smaller in this live action show. And I don't mind subtle changes like that. I love the way Cad Bane looked in this. And his teeth were even more prominent here, too. Yeah. Like you could oh, see man. the, the sharpness in him when his mouth moved, too. I'm like, just like what you guys have been saying, it was scary. And I like whatever changes they made, even as slight as they were, I dug it because it's like this it's like this presence that I wasn't expecting from Cad Bane, especially because we've seen him so many times in the Clone Wars. So many might be an exaggeration, mm-hmm. but we've seen him a bunch. You see him a lot. Yeah, he, he does show lot, up a, a decent amount in that show. So it's like to take this character that I've seen a gazillion times, and yes, it's in live action, but he's coming up again, and all of a sudden I have a new like reaction to him. That's, I mean, that's hardcore. Like that, well done to the whole production crew and design crew. Um, that everyone a part of this episode who was part of that design because the, it was just intimidating. And of course, you know, I love the parallel. Mm-hmm. Matt brought up the dichotomy between the opening scene of Cobb Vanth taking out those pikes, and now all of a sudden we get this. It was a reintroduction to that character, so we were emotionally attached. But it's also like, this is what that guy can do. Guess what, Cad Bane can do. And he can do a lot more, trust me. So I hope he, I, he's he got to be in the next episode, and I can't wait to see what they do with him. The best part about some of these animated characters that, you know, was were created by Dave Filoni is you can voice them with the same actor more often than not. You know, they were able to bring Bo-Katan, 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 <clears throat> Bo-Katan, Kreese, I have They said that real slow because people like me can't read good uh, down here in the south. But uh, when <laughs> they, they brought Katie Sackoff in because it's Katie yeah. fucking Sackoff. Like, how are you not going to make her that in live action? But then they got Rosario Dawson. So it's a different voice actor. But when you have a character that is like entirely makeup and prosthetic like Cad Bane, who have a performance artist in there, then you can have the same voice actor, Corey Burton, come in and do the voice. And that's why it sucks you back in. I will say I was very surprised that when it showed him on screen, his head was a lot smaller than like, I was like, oh, that's going to have to be such a big head to make it fit on someone else's head. And no, not at all. It's super tiny. Like that's a normal size head, even for an alien. It's got the tubes and everything. Like, I can't believe we just got Cad, like Cad Bane. Cad Bane is a real, and Cad Bane showed up in the same, the same, I have a list here. Of every character that shows up in this episode, um, Ahsoka, Lu, uh, Ahsoka Tano, Luke Skywalker, Grogu, Cad Bane, Cobb Vanth, Finnick Shan, Boba Fett, Din Djarin, Mods, Black Kersantan, all in the same episode. That's not including Garza, the Pikes, the Bands, like all these other characters we've been introduced to. That's all in one episode that is literally 42 minutes, I believe, sure. of actual footage. Insane. Short like we used to think, oh, you can't do a lot in 40 minutes because we watched Daredevil, right? <laughs> like no, no qualms against Daredevil, but it's a slow procedural, right? I'm down like down. I feel like hey, listen, I'm not, I love I'm it, but I feel like <laughs> this is so much faster than Daredevil in the pacing, is what I'm saying. Like in a pace sense, like it's so not 
literally night for daredevil like all the yeah. time in day in star wars energy so it's beautiful yeah it's got that energy right like so so much can get shoved in really quickly and for star wars that's perfect that's what star wars has always been like i felt like a fool it ended and i'm like well i mean i want to know what he picks but i'm really glad that oh never mind. i mean we even got to that point like i'm already jumping ahead because time's relative but you know i'm really glad there's a week to get to that point time, time's um, construct. Time is a construct. In this section, I, I, I don't think we've killed, we've crushed all the lines that matter all along the way. So, don't know if we'll pull that off. But uh, he says that Boba Fett is a cold-blooded killer that worked for the Empire. He tells that to Cobb Vant, trying to sway him away from you know uh, joining the cause, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, he is. And I'm really enjoying the idea that maybe Boba Fett just like straight up went and worked for the Empire only because it's very unclear for a while. But uh, it, it's definitely known that the Bounty Hunters Guild, because Jack and I found this out live on an episode a couple weeks back, the Bounty Hunters Guild would go to whoever paid the most. So sometimes they work with the Empire. Well, near the end the resist uh, the rebels were paying more so all the bounty hunters went and started working for the rebels and that's how they took down the empire after they destroyed the death star 2 and like the last year they hired bounty hunters to win the war and i'm like hell yeah um so get back to the plot because here we go here jumping back to the new jedi temple fully built 2022 that's a real fucking sentence i just said guys uh grook and Lo- grook and luke grogu and luke are meditating and luke unveils the beskar chain mail uh then he pulls out yoda's lightsaber and he says to choose one lightsaber or chain mail and all i gotta say is only a sith deals in absolutes young skywalker it ends with the exact line what do you choose? And right out the jump, around the horn, real fast, what do you think Grogu chooses? And then we'll come back for the explanation after the quick hits. We'll start with Jack. Mando. Matt. Mando. Klein. Mando. I also think we are set up for him to choose Mando. I got to give a shout out to a friend from work named Jordan. I don't actually know his last name. He started working with us recently. That's kind of funny. he's <laughs> yeah right. He's got a he's got a he's got a mythosaur tattoo on his arm right. All right, so like, you know that is <laughs> uh, that is the Mandalorian overall like the the sigil of like on Boba Fett's armor. It's like oh, a tusk, and, and Mando has it. Yeah, it's like yeah. a, it's like the, it's got like the tusk. It's like a that you've definitely <laughs> oh, the seen. Rhino it. Thing. Yeah, yeah, the rhino, rhino looking thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, that, that's that's not a mythosaur. That's a mudhorn. That's just Mando. I'm talking. I, 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 anyways, <laughs> anyways, I, I'll I'll send it to you in just a minute. But uh, he thinks that Grogu is gonna choose the lightsaber, and then Luke's gonna give him the chainmail anyway. As like a, you know, I like the way you chose this. Here is this, because he mentioned, and I like that theory just because he mentions, I'm going to teach you how to protect yourself. Well, why not wear armor to protect oneself? Sure, it's not the Jedi way, but right now he's a baby. You must protect the baby. Um, 
so i think yeah we but really we all pick mando i think i think it is mando it's the emotional connection because they are star-crossed lovers honestly they and you know it's not a romantic love it's like a parental familial found family love and if that's not the best kind of star wars and i don't know what is and it makes sense because at least we know that if grogu is there stays with luke eventually he's gonna leave so then we would just be like when will he leave maybe he just leaves now maybe all he needed was to unlock the memories unlock his powers and then work on his training by himself i think that's the jedi way <laughs> i <did Matt>. that. <laughs> i i want to address real quick the whole um only a sith deals in absolutes it's one of my biggest problems of the prequels because that's such an impactful and climactic line in that movie. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. And then they fight kind of thing. Yoda literally said, do or do not, there is no try. If that's not absolute, <laughs> I don't know that's what it. is. And it makes mm-hmm. me think that nobody in the room told George Lucas, hey, have you rewatched your movies lately? Absolutely not. Can do what do, do you want to cross check any of this? Because you're contradicting one of the biggest moments of both of your movies. So when Luke introduces Grogu with a choice here, you decide. But whatever and he makes he makes clear whatever you decide, that's your path. And you're gonna stick to it. No matter what ends up coming of it, you need to decide your path right here, right now. That is Luke trying to find the best Jedi way, whatever it might be. Because obviously there's some ambiguity going on <laughs> between these guys. And yeah. and I think this is a really awesome symbolic way to introduce what the ideal Jedi culture looks like. Because obviously, again, two of seven seasons into this uh, Clone Wars show that you all love so much, the Jedi have a lot of persuasion on like, military and political situations going on guys these people need to be regulated a little more than what they're giving themselves credit for (laughs) and i think luke realizing that seeing what happened to his dad and now getting a chance to imprint what he wants to imprint the jedi way as onto grogu really interesting choice i don't want him to show up next week and save the day in his little chain meal though i do not want him to be a prop in this battle you know what I'm saying? I don't want him to be Groot running through with the, the controller to the bomb at the end of Guardians 2. I want him to have more meaning than that. Keep him out of the action set piece. I'm not kidding. Like like the small you, little no, cute yeah. cartoon thing, keep him out of the big action set piece because you're going to make him a novelty and I don't want that, personally. I'm blown away because I'm the exact opposite. I just no, I just want to see. I've been I've been saying since the end of last season that like Grogu's gonna go to Luke Skywalker. He's gonna learn the ways. He's gonna do a Luke Skywalker thing. He's gonna learn that Din Djarin is in trouble, and he's gonna go save the fucking day because that's what Jedi's do, right? And I think this is gonna be a spin on that. I think that this is probably the smartest, safest way where, and this is only possible if he gets both right but like if he comes in the day next week in his chain mail 
in that fight sequence, we saw what he did, like running and jumping with the force. However much time passes before this climactic battle, it could be like we could get a like a time prepping montage. And if that's the case, then he could come in in that chainmail wielding Yoda's lightsaber. I got a seven. If you've never seen what it looks like when somebody who doesn't earn it saves the day against the big bad guy, I want you to watch a movie called X-Men Apocalypse <laughs> where Jean Grey does not deserve the moment she gets, and it is the worst. <laughs> you don't want that, Thomas. I promise you, you do not want that moment. I was probably connected because it was it was Santa Stark, if I'm being honest. No, I was like, no. oh, my God, they're doing bad the thing. It's a bad scene. It's rough. <laughs> Climb back me up. I I agree with you, Matt. I don't think that they I'm putting I don't want to call it dinky, but him running around like that. You don't don't do that yet. Don't do that yet. I think we get him at the very I mean, what we're coming up on is the last episode. I think yeah. we get him at the very end. I think that is the every this story, whatever, whatever this story even is at this point, has concluded and he shows up and Din is like, okay, we gotta go and do this. And then that's it. And they've, okay, we've set up season three of Mandalorian. And then maybe by the end of season three, we start to get those instances of he, because he needs to save just Din on his own at least a couple more times. Like he needs his first kill and have it happen and have it affect him saving Din and have Din walk him through that. I don't think we can have him swinging a lightsaber or whatever, just killing <laughs> fools all around. We need okay. to, because this right. is, we need to see the steps right. here. We need to, we need to see him grow, not as a killer, but you know what I mean? Like we need to <laughs> see him. <laughs> but you understand but, what I'm on. saying. Wait, but it is the Mandalorian way to kill every now and again. So I, I know. Jedi Jedi way way too, he's, he's going exactly. to have to. That's the point. He's both. He's going to have to kill and he's going to have yeah. to save people and he's going to have to be in these battles at some point. But we need that we need to start smaller with this character because think about it. If they if they don't do what you're suggesting, Thomas, and later down the road in, in season three, later down the road, what if they do something where we have that first instance? Yeah. We have it and people are like, oh, my God, this adorable character that every time is on screen, I squeal a little bit because he is so freaking cute, does something horrible and you see the loss in his eyes you see the not tears but like you see that it has shaken him up and you now have this father figure have to walk him through that i think that i think that that's what they have to do and it's something pedro's pascal i think is up for uh judging from the fact that he's in the last of us show but um (laughs) no i forgot about that uh (laughs) I never, Matt, I never forget about that. That yeah. show is going to be incredible. I'm excited uh, about but yeah, I, I don't think that we, I don't think that we get any sort of him in action at all. You're in right. The next episode at all. We need Boba to save the yeah. day. Yeah. The next You're, right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You, you, have, you have talked me off the ledge. You have talked me off the ledge. I just see it. I took the Sony approach. You guys are smart. Took the MCU approach. I'm 100%. sorry. Star Wars. Great I get way job. excited. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I was, I got, I got, I got real excited and made two venoms real fast. You know what I'm really saying? Did. And one came out on my 30th birthday. So, woo. Uh, <laughs> but you know what I get this year? Six days later. Morbius? No. Oh my God. No. 
for my birthday. Oh, it's gonna be out. Across the Spider Verse Part One. Oh, let's go. Fuck let's go. God, yes. Let's go. God. And you know what? We're probably gonna have Star Wars at that same time because there's too it. many shows. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's if it ends on my birthday, be just finishing. This I'm year so also <laughs> while we're here, Florida State plays Wake Forest at home in the dope. Can't fucking go Knowles, baby. Nice. Let's go. Let's go. Yep. That's Boys a game I want to go to. Go game to. Down there, man. Yo, are you trying to come for thir- celebrate my 31st? Notre Dame, Florida State, 2015, the drunkest I've ever been in my entire life. James oh, Winston broke my heart. Shit. James Winston broke my heart and I drank it away. <laughs> and it's the drunkest I've ever been in my entire life. Damn. Yeah, Jameis did that to a lot of people. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> Be proud of Jameis Winston. Go ahead. Uh, that that was as, that was as proud as it gets. But yeah, um, it, was a good game. it was oh my god, such a good. Honestly though, it was the it was beating Auburn to take the last BCS oh, title holy for me. Shit, like, dude, don't give me Pete Jameis. Shout out to that team. Uh, Jimbo Fisher was probably doing lots of stuff he wasn't to get that team together. That was a squad. That you know what I'm like, saying? That was like a little overweight Jimbo, too, which is my favorite <laughs> Jimbo Fisher, for being honest. I yeah. met him a month before that game. And oh. <laughs> let me just tell you, even at 13 years That's old, amazing. that was about his height. <laughs> it was, I don't know. Yeah. Jimbo's just a character. Man. Klein, I don't know if you know um, who Jimbo Fisher is, but he's one of the greatest characters in sports history. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll take your word for it, Matt. Um, so we all think he's going to choose Mando. Um, I will say that um, I think it's, he's going to get be, both, though. I, eventually. Yeah, eventually I think he will end up with both. I think that we're looking at this. We're going to take this step out of the show. We're going to look at the universe and the universe that the the, the let's, series let's of shows they're building. <laughs> Let's take a step back and look at the macroverse of Star Wars and the timeline from our universe of what's about to come out here on the Disney Plus. Um, with uh, this, this is called Mando season 2.5 a lot of the times, right? And we are seeing why in terms of how they're doing that. The first was, you know, like the the backstory on Boba Fett we needed. That really answered questions everyone had. What, what, why was he doing this? Where was he doing this? He's the catalyst for everything going on. And because he's Boba Fett, in a way, you can get away with doing what you're doing. Like, he is the greatest background character of all time. And I feel like at the end of this, it's going to turn him into the a major player. Like, it's called the Book of Boba Fett in the same way that it's called the Mandalorian. Because it's going to take all these things for you to realize how fucking great Boba Fett is. Like, you are going to have to see him rise up and get beat down. And then it's like, okay, take that. Go watch season two episode of him in Mandalorian. Come back to this uh, right now. And it's building to something. And we were thinking a lot of times, like, okay, well, it's setting up Mando season three. And it's setting up Ahsoka. What if it's setting up three shows, which no longer got Rangers of the New Republic, right? What if they're now going to do some sort of Luke Grogu Jedi temple shenanigans? I think series. if they do that, they actually have to cast a Luke Skywalker, though, is my only thing. I don't think they're going to. I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree. We all know I don't think they are. Right? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. We don't know that. Tommy Lee, yeah. yeah. 
Tommy Lee. <laughs> James Buchanan Barnes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that's eventually where it's all leading to. And it, it you know, it's called the Mandalorian, and it, it's very clear that it seems like it's the Mandalorian, right? But sometimes it really does seem like Rogu's the Mandalorian that they're really setting this up. This legend of the Mandalorian. Right, and it's important to note that legends take a long time. Grogu's already fifty, and his legend is just beginning, and he's got another eight hundred and fifty years, give or take, you know, plus or minus a death in battle kind of situation. But he's got nine hundred years to rectify his legend, rise and fall in the strength of the Force. Like, there's no fucking telling what this baby species of Yoda is about to do, right? If he even survives, which is the scariest thing, but we have to take that he might go down like in battle one day. Uh, the internet would die. Like I yeah, think that I, would end. I, 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 that that would end. Just little baby Rogu getting shot in the chest and falling they, down or something. They would close Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland, Disney World. Oh, yeah. I mean, Dude. everything. Star Wars would be done at that point. Just close it all down. I th- this little puppet just gasping mm. for his last breath with his little hand just reaching out for Mando, and then that's it. Uh, oh my Can god! Can we equate that crazy. to another death in anything we've ever seen? Like as big as that would be, like Natasha, sure, but like she's Rogu dying. As- but he, she's not. She's not the like. I would say like brand yeah, Han Solo icon died. that Han Solo dying. Yep, yep, that's Maybe. probably it. But That's you it. don't see, but but Rob Thomas, Stark? you don't see like five year old kids running around with Han Solo on their lunchbox. True. Grogu transcends Star Wars. Like people yeah. know Baby Yoda who don't know Star Wars, and if they found out Baby Yoda died, yeah. like I, there would be therapy that would be needed. My fiance, yeah. <laughs> That's fair. You're right. You're right. You're right. It is made for kids, but everybody dies. You have to get used to letting go. Oh. <laughs> dark side knowledge anyways um i love star wars so fucking much is there anything that anyone has to say here in this last section we've covered a lot we've talked a lot of this episode this episode we've talked like double plus the length of this episode about the episode sorry about that it's it's what we're here it's for okay baby. it's the it's the episode. Blame the episode. I'm probably going to watch it before bed. <laughs> so I'm going to be Jeez. honest. Star Wars quit making such good content. We'd have shorter podcasts. God damn it. <laughs> I will say, really quick, since we are here, we're we're in it, boys. This is fucking peak Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars has never been this good. And I feel like I might get yelled at for that, but I'm going to have to, like, once once next week ends and my dad's able to binge watch this, and I'm hoping that I can just sit with him and, you know, watch it with him, uh, I, I'm really hoping that he looks at me and goes, this might be the best Star Wars ever. Because it's what I'm feeling, and I'm deep in Star Wars. Like, I'm so fucking deep in Star Wars. I listen to everything. I could, I could hear a sound effect, and I might be able to be like, oh, I just thought of, like, six different scenes. I might smell a smell that reminds me of when I was seven while something was baking in the fucking oven. (laughs) Hey, listen, because something was cooking in the oven while I was watching Star Wars. And then I remember something in that specific scene. Like 
I my brain works all all roads lead back to Power Rangers and Star Wars, basically, and Spider Man. Uh, those were my ends to true nerdum, right? And Batman too. But I was like, Batman's been there for so long that it 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 it's not like oh I found Power Rangers, oh I found Star Wars, oh I found this. Batman was a thing in the womb. I'm he was hearing about the Batman. So Thomas. Oh, man. <laughs> like that's what it that's what was saying when he was born. Thomas. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was more like, oh shit, catch him. Yeah. Um yeah. Actual, actual fact. Um <laughs> it's 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 a wild it's a wild birth. What, what can I say? Uh I really want to say that I feel like this episode was just Dave Filoni. I felt like he was just thinking, you know, oh, you don't want to watch Clone Wars? Well, then I'll include so many references. You'll be begging for the stories references. Well, what do you know? Clone Wars tells those very stories. Uh, like, I just feel like that's what's going on in his head anytime he's doing these things. The ability for it to tie in. The prequels, the sequels, the original trilogy, and the... Clone Wars animated and the Bad Batch with Finnick Shan being there, comic books creating new characters, killing off characters that we just met and I'm very, very heartbroken about. But Max Rebo is dead, so pff, hail to the chief, he right? Is, Rest in dude, peace, Max. Oh boy, <laughs> we'll miss you, man. Uh, d- disclaimer, disclaimer that if there's nobody, we ain't gonna say you're stabbed. Uh, shout out, cop in. Shout out, Cobb Vance. So, like, the way it wraps it all together in 41 minutes, it's the greatest Star Wars thing to ever Star Wars in the history of Star Wars. Remember last week when we had an argument about what was the best Disney Plus Star Wars episode? And there was, oh, yeah. I was all in on the on last week's Book of Boba. <sighs> we were debating between that and the season two finale of Mandalorian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought just last week, just the way I, I just all those touchstones from my childhood that made me a mess. Is it easy to say that this is undoubtedly number one? Like, just like <gasps> no time. questions at I all. I think so. I think so. It's not okay. even close. Yeah. It's, okay. it's, I just, I just wanted that. I, I, I wanted that affirmation. And it's yes, the sir. penultimate guys. Like, right, like, I know. Like, there's a finale. I think, coming. I think next week is, I mean, I think we're going to get to that, but I, I don't know how anything can top this, especially. Are we in a letdown spot? Is that what you're saying? Like, I think like, people. I think people are. I've said this from the beginning. I don't think people are going to be very happy with how this has gone. I've said that for different reasons, but I don't think people are going to be very happy with how this ends because we I have to say, tie up the story. People aren't really caring about. The story is going to be tough, but Rob Rodriguez is doing next week, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. and he, he did Spy Kids us- three, so he can do no wrong. <laughs> he can give. <laughs> I agree. Did he do Spy Kids one and two? Like did you did? He did as well. Up to Spy Kids three, huh? That's that's what a wild thing you just did. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't do Spy Kids. He specifically did Spy Kids three. (laughs) Um, first three D movie I ever saw. Oh man, Spy Kids three D was the name of the movie. (laughs) It was for me. It was that or Shark Boy and Lava Girl. It was one of the two. 
No, Shark Boy and Lava Girl 100% came well after Spy Kids. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. <laughs> hey, Max. Another Robert Rodriguez banger, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, hands? The fucking hand things? Um, we know Robert Rodriguez is going to be able to deliver us a great action set piece, I think. Do we? Do we, though? We saw that chase scene earlier in the series. Was that Robert Rodriguez? Can we get any confirmation that that was him I directing that? Pretty I sure think just it was. the energy of his past films, the machete stuff, anything with Danny Trejo in it, right? I think he can bring an energy because I feel like when he was brought on, hey, you're going to do four episodes, you're going to do the finale, we got a big battle in store for you. And that was where he put a lot of his focus and energy. I think we're going to get something special on that front. Maybe that's enough to get people over the line on the uh, less than stellar through line yeah. that is boba fett in this world building mm. age of ultron yes. type show shout out age of ultron gets better every single three months <laughs> and in every game three now months too wow. yeah every three months since the year 2015 age of ultron <laughs> has gotten better facts i i agree matt actually you know i would i, I got on I that, that train with you uh because that kind of started. Yeah. i don't know when that started Early. But it, yeah <laughs> it started and we were going because it's i mean it's hardcore it's so true um i do want to say mm-hmm. I don't think next week's episode is going to top this one. I just, I, I'm kind of with Klein. I don't think anything can, but at the same time, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to lie to you. If this came out first, which it's hard to picture this, but if this came out first and then let's just say a year from now, we got those last four episodes of the Clone Wars season seven, which I think is the third greatest Star Wars movie of all time. I, I really just like, I don't know. There's something about those episodes, but they're four individual episodes, so it's hard to tell. But I, that for me, kind of, I would have put that in the discussion for this last I, episode. I think of those as so separate, though. Like it that, is. to me, it's that is different. Like those transcend Disney Plus them. Okay, that's say. a good point. That's a good point. I guess like, the whole seven years thing. It, re- yeah. it really is. I feel it, like it has to be that. Yeah. Even more than the seven years because they got canceled um, <laughs> and then brought back. <laughs> um, but yeah, next week uh, I guess we're kind of twice. Yeah, twice, Thomas. I guess we're getting next week though, and I'm, I'm Robert Rodriguez for me. Like I'm a little. I'm a little hesitant to get really excited. I think he can deliver on the action, but for me, they've just set up so much with Boba that I was intrigued with, even if those first four episodes weren't the greatest for me, um, especially in execution. There's still something there that I want in this finale, and I, it might even feel weird going back to the Boba Fett stuff like heavily in this finale. So we'll see. I'm excited though. I mean, I I'm like Klein said earlier, I'm in for the ride at this point. Just, just give me some star Wars and you know, we'll see where we're at at the end of it. My final thoughts on the episode is I'm going to leave you where it always leaves us in the episode, the final shot and the final shot every time when it comes to this, you know, you know, the first four episodes were, not very easy to tell timelines what was going on like in episode three that you see pelimato in the background and everyone's like oh like it's obviously like mando season and i'm like no it could be like years before that and they just now put those on and pelly's been living there the whole time like being you know since i was playing devil's advocate and now i'm like the crazy one everyone else has to play devil's advocate too (laughs) Love it. See what happens when Star Wars goes Star Wars. Um, but then uh, we we get to this, and it's all of a sudden like this is a sequential story now. 
And every shot has ended with either an audible cue, you know, Mando's theme, leading right into the Mando, and ending with, I'm going, I need to go see a little friend. And that's essentially leading in right into going to see Grogu. Like the very first shot after the cold opening is R2-D2, Mando, Mando, I'm here to see Grogu. Like, boom. Like, yo, shit, we're fucking in it. Strap in. I just thought of Family Guy Star Wars. Did he say strap in or strap on? <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, haven't watched the Family Guy Star Wars, <laughs> you're listening to this podcast. You owe this to yourself to laugh at what you love and watch the Family Guy Star Wars. Stuff. We should do a commentary listing, track on that. Oh my God, yes. I'm listening lazily Incredible. to the left so hard Incredible. right now. Uh, <laughs> um, and and I think the way they ended this one is, you know, what do you choose? And it focuses on his eyes and he coos. It seems like it looks like he answers. So whatever he answers, we have to find out next week. Like, that's how they have set up their storytelling. And, you know, you said you're, you're going to trust them. You're going to trust them on the ride. And the ride they've set up so far is, hey, guess what? Here's the carrot for the week. This is what we're doing. Stick around. And they're getting real good with that at the end of this Book of Boba Fett situation. And I really think that it might be, like, we find out whatever that is. And uh, I feel like over half of this episode, I'm really hoping it's an hour long. Like, an hour of actual content. I hope. Um, but it's probably 45 to 55 minutes. But whatever. I'm not going to bitch about it. It's Star Wars. Um, I think it's going to wrap it all up. And I think Boba Fett's going to be... An absolute badass. The way he's been, quote-unquote, nerfed this whole series after what we saw in Mando Season 2, it's for a reason. Even in today, people are mad he didn't speak. The boss doesn't have to fucking speak. And if the boss doesn't want to speak, Jabba didn't speak that much. That's what he had other people for, right? He would speak when necessary. The planning, Boba Fett's just going to sit there and be like, all right, they all know their mission. Good. Great. I can study their man, their, their eyes, their mindset. So when it comes to the part where, okay, now I'm going to lay waste to everybody, you know, the line, <clears throat> no disintegrations this time, you know, people are like, oh, what, when did we see that? He did it in the first episode. Blew a guy up with a fucking missile, right? So that's what I'm expecting. I, expecting. I'm not hoping. I'm expecting that. And if I don't get that, I will be let down. But it's going to Star Wars, so I'll be happy. It's true. And that is wrapped up. Uh, two hours of the book of Boba Fett. But now, ladies and gentlemen and droids, it is time to jump into the Rebel Report. News, 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 news. According to the direct.com, actor Kevin McKidd has expressed via Twitter that he'd like to play Finn Rao in The Mandalorian Season 3. Finn Rao was a prominent Mandalorian throughout Star Wars Rebels! Godspeed, Rebels. But his fate remains uncertain. Um, I was going to say, I was about to talk about a lot of stuff. Maybe <laughs> a lot of spoilers from Matt Rimke. Um, oh, hey, don't go for it, man. But... It's okay. We don't have to. It would be real cool if we get the actor who played, you know, the the voice um, of it, you know, come yeah. in in live action 
It would be amazing to have that happen. And Finrau would be very fun. If I'm not mistaken, Jack, remind me. Good side? Mm-hmm. Becomes good side. Yeah, that's what we need. We, yeah. we need more good side Mandos. Absolutely. <clears throat> oh, that's right. He's a redeemed Mando. Ex- yeah. The whole Mando Civil War aspect that we're getting in the live action shows. Obviously, I haven't seen the entire backstory throughout the animated series as much as you guys have. Oh. But there seems to be a very big divide. It reminds me, you know, I'm the Marvel guy, but like Secret Invasion, Scrolls, like they're good guys right now. How is how are they going to introduce a radical version of Scrolls in the MCU to make it, you know, something that is an invasive species? I like I like how they're doing it in the Mandalorian, very much defining uh, two different types of Mandalorians. And uh, two seasons in, I'm starting to see that build with Satine and all that. I love how Mandal- Mandalorian Din Djarin is in the middle of everything. Yeah. He is truly one of the best like pilot characters in a universe yeah. we've seen in a long time. Tony Stark, you know, set the bar as the character you follow through the overall narrative for a long time. Din Djarin's really repping hard in the Star Wars mm. universe as a character we like to follow through Jedi stories, Mando stories, bounty hunter stories. Carl Weathers, Cara Dune, like these characters survive off Dentajarn, and it's pretty cool to see. The best part about that is, it, you know, you you mentioned the Tony Stark. I think eventually Mando's gonna be seen as, you know, over Tony Stark, because Tony Stark, you're you're with him, and then after that, you're like behind him. He's always ahead of the game, in a way. And Mando, just like us, sometimes is not ahead of the game. Like in certain yeah. places. We're behind the game with Mando, and other places we're ahead of Mando. I'm like, oh my god, dude, like you know what I what you're doing. Yeah. And then there's like very rarely does he know what's going on, and we don't. Right. Right. That was a lot of season one. Like, oh, we're playing into his past now, and then after Mm -hmm. that, it's mostly I'm on the run, trying to go into this world that I have no idea what a space wizard's trying to do, and Jedi never even heard of these Jedi. Like, right. It's insane, you know. So that that he's he's become the audience character just like oh look at this new character that we created like will he be cool yeah it's like oh my god i want him to talk to luke skywalker yeah. one-on-one mm-hmm. exactly and we're gonna get <laughs> <that>. <laughs> and, the mando guy that. from a couple of years ago we wanted yes. to talk to luke skywalker. <laughs> yeah exactly uh it, that'd be great and maybe just maybe we'll get a face-to-face between luke skywalker and boba fett i'm still hoping i'm holding out hope you know what i'm saying Hope no uh Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for getting the lyrics that were not coming to my brain. I just yeah. I want to say one thing about this Fenral, uh, real quick. Yes, I want him there because I think it can work. I don't see a reason why it couldn't be. This is gonna be mean, but like he's a very basic looking guy in Rebels, and the actor. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is this guy in Grey's Anatomy or something? I kind of think he. I like Grey's Anatomy. I I don't. I think I've watched like a few episodes when I was young, but with like my mom or sister, but. He looked very familiar, but he's kind of got a similar. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, he's that one. He's the one doctor. He's like the. He's one of the people that he is. Ah, uh, yes, the doctor yeah, in Grey's the Anatomy, doctor, the good-looking <laughs> one, right? Well, pretty sure he voices Batman. So, well, there's like what he voices <laughs> Batman. Where? Pretty sure. Yeah, he voices uh, <laughs> Thomas Wayne Batman in the Flashpoint Paradox. 
Well, look, we learn something new every day. I had no yes, idea. Sir. <laughs> this guy, I, this guy started out in Star Wars Rebels for me, and then he's in Grey's Anatomy, and now Batman. Who would have thought? Now he's Batman. Now he's Fuck Batman. yeah, dude! Just touching all the bases. But I, that was this character. Out of the park. This character could be perfect for either Mandalorian season right. three introduced back in Ahsoka because. Look, I'm really taking the Ahsoka series as uh, that, like the Star Wars Rebels sequel series, essentially. If if we get Rex, if we get Sabine, all that. So Ezra. Oh my god, dude! Don't even start on Ezra Bridger, dude. Uh, Hold on, really quick. We have to shout out earlier. You mentioned someone's son is named Ezra, and I almost lost. Yeah. And I'm like, do you know who that is? Did you you when you heard that? You will soon. Funny enough, funny enough, that friend um, who has the kid named Ezra, I got him hooked on Clone Wars today. Oh, my God. I explained to him that scene between Satine, the kidnapper, Obi, and Anakin. And he goes, okay, send me the list. And Jackie has your list printed out in front of him. He is uh, already like six episodes in. I'm so happy right now. Yeah, it's almost, oh I saw God. you freak out. I was freaking out, too, because like, oh, my God. Because, I mean, number one, it's a yeah. sweet name, Ezra, especially Ezra Bridger. Like I don't know. There's just yeah. something about that name. I it's still watch. A, I still just want Calcast. It is personally. What's that, Matt? I still just want Calcastus. Really. <laughs> like, I just got done playing Fallen Order. I'm all in on that guy. <laughs> you really are, and I love that you are. I honestly like I. So much is on the table. I mean, just bringing up Fenrell. I mean, this is a very long conversation for the guy uh, who is in only a few episodes of Rebels, but like. There's just so much they can do within Mandalorian season three, Ahsoka, whatever other show they want to create. All these characters, they brought in so many characters. You listed them all off, Thomas, and there's still a gazillion they could bring in. It's just kind of blowing my mind right now. What Filoni Dengar, yes, Dengar. We brought him up on our teams list, didn't we? Yes, yeah, we did. Bounty Hunter that could come in, man. Bo Katan could still show up, like you know, you never know who could show up. Uh, speaking of, you never know who could show up during an interview segment with Esquire, Sebastian Stan responded to fans demanding uh, shocking that we're demanding stuff. The actor to play Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian. He says, let's see. Do I have an impression of him? Probably not. Look, it's really kind. Never say never. Uh, Mark Hamill is my father, you know, and he knows that. And I call him every Christmas to tell him just, I want you to know I'm around. It's really yeah. terrifying. No, it's really that was good. pretty good. Really good. <laughs> was it? Yeah, I, got yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why. There's nothing special about it, but I think it was really good. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I just want to know my dad. Going off this man, I yeah, I love this place. I want Sebastian Stan to play Luke Skywalker so bad. Like I, I love what they're so doing. Bad. The deep fake is so good. The voice doesn't quite work for me, which is something we didn't bring up. But the voice was a little off this episode. Mm. I like the you, lips too. Yeah, the lips too. Matt brought that up. Yeah, it, it's it's the upper the upper lip specifically. Yeah, it's because it, his upper lip is bigger now as an older man than it was when he was younger. So they're having to like shrink his lip. Yes. So when it moves, it's it uh, looks a little looks a little Henry Cavill mustache cover up. Like it, it's got some. <laughs> yeah, it's. Let me pull just, a good old fashioned Vince McMahon here. Because. <laughs> Yanking on the ear, because, yeah, you're right, bro. That is exactly what I think of every time he talks. I'm yeah. like, up, oh, up, oh, there it is. That lip is not his... moving correctly, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, there's half his lip. He looked good, though, didn't he? He did. He, like, looked, overall, he looked a lot better in the I did not think I, it was As soon as they TV showed him. At first. 
Yeah, it's same because it was it great was at the beginning because he wasn't was, speaking. He was just yeah. moving and looking, and then when he spoke, it was a line up. line. Yeah. Oh, speak, it's smart. Speaking of, by the way, so I saw this, I think, in the Slack channel. I don't think it was the same double who played Luke last time in Mando season two finale. It was a it was different not. one. Um, it was a different performance artist. Which is, I mean, do we think they did that because he had more acting scenes here? Or, or was it just yeah, kind of like he had a, more to do? Yeah, for like like he moved a lot. Yeah, exactly. Like, he, like we mentioned earlier, he what like they showed a lot of him still face meditating all that stuff. And he, when he talked, it was off screen. And at first, I was like, oh, they're gonna play this like really camera worky. Like they're right. gonna they're gonna shoot around the CGI here in a really awesome way. And then he literally had a walk and talk scene with multiple characters <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like he was very he was the main character of this episode luke really skywalker was. and and it wasn't enough to take me out of it like you go Not from it. where we were with um uh uh the bad guy from new hope tarkin so tarkin, tarkin. tarkin. Yeah. You, go from, yeah. you go from tarkin to where we are now and like, even leia in that movie too really bugs a lot of people Right. And like even the Leia thing, they played more into the camera work where we're not going to have her say a lot. Right. Like Tarkin had a full on monologue. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They really went all in with Luke here. And if this is as bad as it gets, I'm here for uh, yeah, it. Yeah. It's, it has improved. It. I really, yeah. And I think it's just because there's something about a real performance that you could get from, especially from Sebastian Sand. All I mean, all you need is that Wakanda scene in Falcon and Winter Soldier that just came out. I mean, his acting is so good there. I'm not saying he would have to do anything like that for Luke, but I, I agree. I'd be fine with it because I do think they're going to use Luke more. I just, you know, it, it, I don't know. It might be just the voice that's bugging me. I I want to see Sebastian try to take that on and I don't know, do something interesting. I, I think it's, I, I think he's paid enough respect. I think we've paid enough respect to Mark Hamill at this point where I think Mark would be cool with it. You know, he said that the character isn't his. So we'll see. I don't know. But Sebastian, I just can't get enough of that guy. Tommy Lee, let's go. That came out today. I want to watch. Bucky Barnes, Tommy Lee, Luke Skywalker. Imagine. <laughs> like Legend. Boom. Wait for it. Dairy. Legendary. Uh, you talked about the stunt performers. We came to back uh, back to Book of Boba Fett, kids. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the stunt doubles for the, the stunt double for the Jedi. We'll start with the performance artist for the Jedi is Graham Hamilton. I believe he would have been the um, actor walking and doing the physical motions uh, because that's normally what the performance artist is. Then the stunt double is, and I fucking kid you not, Scott Lang. No way. Like, literally, <laughs> Scott, Scott Lang. Scott Lang. Real guy <laughs> named Scott Lang is the stunt performer for Luke fucking Skywalker. Talk about legacy characters. He's living the real life. <laughs> it's not. It's not often you rob somebody. They invite you back, but here you are, requested us, and you just have a need. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! What a joy! I just like what is this? You put the quota in. You go to let them run it out. Yeah, I'm in like this Oh <laughs> uh, god. Uh, <laughs> What, what are we what's our next news topic i forgot I that's uh, it. Here that's we go. It. yeah that's it beautiful shout out we finished the show in a very short two hours and change kids 
Um, you can find Reckless Rebellion on social media at Reckless Rebels on Twitter. Um, Matt Rimke, where can everyone find you? And, of course, the direct podcast. I just want to thank you guys so much for having me on. I have been dying to talk about people who understand the journey I'm going through, uh, watching Clone Wars, seeing this episode. I feel like last week I got into my head like, okay, I should start watching Clone Wars before Obi-Wan. I should start watching Clone Wars before Ahsoka because I'm not going to appreciate it as much as I could. Imagine if I had watched what I had watched leading up to this episode. Like, like I would have been so in the dark about so many things that I care about now. Um, so I just want to thank you guys specifically because it's you three and David and anybody else in that group chat. Nathan, shout out Nate Johnson um, uh, mm. for, you know, pushing me to watch this amazing content that we have. If you're listening and you haven't watched the Clone Wars on Disney Plus, it's an easy watch. Like I said, it's silly and goofy and it makes it great background TV. It really does. Friends, yes. Seinfeld. Clone Wars, man. Like we're here. And um, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Matt Rimke, R-O-E-M-B as a boy, K-E. I uh, make a lot of sports and comic book analogies. And then if you want to listen to me talk about the universes you love at length, uh, check out the direct podcast anywhere you find podcasts. And uh, featured on that podcast, you know, we got Jack Fuse on this week. Thomas, we're getting you on here soon because there's a lot of Star Wars shit we got to go through. Incline. Oh, yeah. Anytime we have a DC list, I've been around. I've been around. <laughs> I've been around. I've been around lighting fires and poking bears is what Clyde Felt does over on the direct podcast. Um, so yeah, again, thank you guys so much for having me on. It was a blast. A blaster, even. Pew pew. Oh, oh nice. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um and thank you matt for joining us i've been i've oh man i'm so happy you started clone wars because once you said that i was like okay cool and then this episode happened i was like yeah fucking damn, dude. crazy how it worked out man. the, the force they call that synergy strong. yeah hey serendipity the, the force is strong with us uh jack where can everyone find you on social media you can find me at jack pews on twitter p-u-e-s all one word and guys let me just say the first time Matt Remke, maybe not the first time he reached out to me personally, but he reached out to me after that Bo-Katan episode of the Mandalorian. I believe it was chapter 11. Yeah. And yeah. he said something along the lines of give me a rundown about everything with Bo-Katan Mandalore and anything about the history there. And so I started typing and typing and typing and I sent it to him. And I believe his next message was, you want to come on the show? <laughs> and I was like, absolutely <laughs> and since then i have been dying for him to start the clone wars dying for him to get into this animated stuff and finally we're here and the fact that he not only got into it but then this episode came along to just perfectly compliment it that i'm so proud i feel like i'm, I'm a proud father watching you run onto that baseball yeah. field taking the field for the first time <laughs> maybe you just hit your home, first home run i don't know but this is the greatest this is one of like the greatest weeks just shooting the shit back and forth with you about clone wars he guys he will literally just text me like the most random thing it was like anakin and ahsoka save uh rex and on geonosis and i'm like yep it was yep, so yep. cool man. it was so cool <laughs> like, so i just can't get enough of it so matt keep it up keep up your rewatch and we'll get more people to join this army this was great tonight boys so happy to be here yeah At david we're talking about you 
David. Yes. You need to watch Dude, the Clone the, Wars. The day we get David to watch an, the animated stuff is the day like we stop. That's the that's the day like we've won. Yeah, we've done it. I have seven Super Bowls. I'm ready to hang it up and you know kind of text Adam Schefter, maybe leak it a little bit, and then three days retire afterward. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, exactly. Seven seasons of Clone Wars. Those are oh Super God. Bowls, baby. They're all Super Bowls. Wow. And for those of for First in case you're all forgetting, kids. In, in case you're all forgetting, kids, we're talking about this, of course, because David Thompson hates animation. <laughs> but he loves the Colts. But he loves the Colts. And that's, why I love him. <laughs> and that's why I love him. It's okay. I feel like he's ready. I feel like soon he's going to be like, all right, I'm going to watch it. I, mean, I have to now. So, um, I'll, I'll get fine. Him I'll talk to him. You'll get. <laughs> Matt's like, you know what? Colts. Colts connection here. Clone Wars. It's now Clone Wars connection. Clone Wars, Colts. Something else with the C. What's the cantaloupe? Job? Clone Wars, Colt, Cheers. <laughs> I like that. It's better. Clyde, where can everyone find you on social media? I am at the Klein Felt on everything. Klein spelt like Calvin Klein. So look at your underwear waistband and you found me. My Mine says Haynes. <laughs> uh, you I can do find... a lot of fun stuff around there. You can follow yeah. me there. I like to poke the bear sometimes. <laughs> Klein, last week you mentioned his LinkedIn. Last week, Klein mentioned his LinkedIn. It was the greatest thing ever. Oh, yeah. Hit me up on LinkedIn. I went to him on LinkedIn. Get a bill back on the radio network. You can find all my links at linktree.com forward slash TC Rochester Act. That's T C R O C H E S T E R A C D. Thomas, where do we find the foot picks? <laughs> Good God. Uh, you can contact me through that link tree link and if you oh, want me okay. to send you foot pics I'll send you foot pics I'm going to send a hefty price because daddy's got bills to pay oh that felt so wrong to say <laughs> um, recommendation section for the audience uh, can't get enough Star Wars stock then I recommend Return of the Pod Batman Beyond and Boba's Weekly Bounty. That last one's hosted by Nerd Culture over on Facebook. I was on there last week. You should check that out. And of course, check out our hey. friends at the Direct Podcast. Just by wait a minute, Matt Ribke, he's on here, meow. Uh, and Liam Crowley. Hi. <laughs> and again, for the people in the back, that last one is the Direct Podcast. Uh, Klein, what recommendations for the audience do you have? So usually this would be the time when I talk about the biggest movie of 2022 coming out in May 2022. Not Doctor Strange. It's not Top Gun. It's the Bob's Burgers movie. And I would recommend you go watch Bob's Burgers. But today I am not doing that because I have started a new show. What row? It is called Dave. And it oh, is on Dave. a Yes! Dave's and, great. Oh my God. I am. Genius. It is, it is hilarious. It's kind of made me sick to my stomach a couple times. I'm going to be completely honest with everybody. The whole milking table. I'll let, <laughs> I'll let whoever yes. wants to figure that out, figure that out. Uh, but it's 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 funny and Lil Dicky's a very funny man and I um had it pitched to me like I don't know kind of like doofier Atlanta and I was in and that's all yeah. I needed to hear and that's what I would say like it's you're you're gonna go in you're gonna have you're gonna have a good time and see Lil Dicky I don't know be an idiot for a lot of it <laughs> absolutely it's a very good show 
Oh man, next you just got to start watching what we do in the shadows. Also, oh, they show. got accents. My I can't understand them. My wife's dad's favorite show. Oh my god, <laughs> it blew my mind, guys. When I explained to him who Taika Waititi was, <laughs> he was like, "Who the hell are you talking about?" I explained to him, he goes, "Oh yeah, that guy." I'm like, "Who are you?" Like, who is <laughs> oh my god, yes, uh, that is my favorite show on television, hundred percent, right now. It's fantastic. Um, my recommendation is uh, you can go check out the Cosmic Cafe podcast hosted by Julia Delbell. Uh, hey! I was on there last week. Yeah, <laughs> she also works at the direct.com. She, right. Everybody, it's a party from the direct.com. She's going to be on a future episode. Um, and I was on her first episode of this of Cosmic Cafe, and we talked about, you guessed it, Star Wars. Shocker. So go check that out because, like I said, you can never get enough Star Wars because I, I live for the Star Wars. The only way I could live for it more is if I was in the Star Wars. And I'm working on that. Disney, call me back, man. Um, (laughs) Jack, what recommendations for the audience do you have? Uh, I got two. There was an asshole who spoiled Eternals, and he seems to love it that he did it. And screw him. But don't let that stop you from checking out Harry Styles' music because it's just phenomenal stuff. If you want just a banger, listen to Treat People with Kindness. I I mean, that's a fucking motto to go by every day of the week. Love Harry Styles. Shout out One Direction. Shout out Liam Crowley. Um, also, fuck me, I had another one and I forgot because I got so caught up in Harry Styles. Uh, <laughs> it happens, man. It happens. Not the kind of he's so beautiful, right? right? Like, oh, oh, sports. He just comes up. I got it. There I got it. Let me get this out. Sports. Uh, look, Tom Brady just retired. Appreciate your heroes. Um, honestly, especially your, your favorite athletes. Um, I'm gonna enjoy the last breath of golf I get from Tiger Woods because that man is just. I mean, it's weird kind of saying he's my idol because he's been through a lot. But uh, I mean, look, he came out the other side here. We, I mean, 2019 Masters tournament was unbelievable. So, um, yeah, just appreciate your heroes, guys, while they're here. You know, fun fact, Tiger Woods got divorced where I'm living officially in Panama City, Florida. He did. He did. Thomas, I love that call. Wow. Maybe a lunar burger in Panama City, Florida on the beach. Best (laughs) cheeseburger I've ever had. Scooter Burger. I'm going to keep that in mind. Very good. Might might not be there anymore. Yeah, probably not. Sad. How long ago was that? Ah, high school, man. A while <laughs> ago. <laughs> a while okay. Ago. So that would have I, been high school or early college. Someone got stabbed. We had to leave. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, that was like the end of spring break. The end of Club uh, of Vila. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, no, the end of Club of Vila was Hurricane Michael. It ripped all the roof out. It's just, it's just a hole. Hey, man. And you were mad at me for bringing up the casualties of that poor bombing in Book of Boba Fett. This listen, I, I, it doesn't hurt me because I didn't, I wasn't able to attend to you know the last. Oh, but you saw, you saw this. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. You were a witness here. Fair enough. Yeah. Exactly. Sure. That ladies and gentlemen. No, wait, no, no, no. Sorry. What is your recommendation for the audience? Um, uh, the Super Bowl is coming up. Very, very few times in our lives can we all genuinely just root for good football. I don't want to hear that you're an L.A. Rams fan. Those don't exist. I don't want to hear that you're a Bengals fan, not from Cincinnati. Those don't exist. Bengals are plus four, and what that means is that you're betting on a good 
football game, a good close football game. So Bengals plus four is my recommendation for the uh, Reckless Rebellion box. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. It's, it's nerd stuff and gambling. That's all I got. That's all I got okay. today. <laughs> That's fine. I'm, hey, I, I'm not I, I'm not going to lie. My dad looks over to me today and he goes, who are you pulling from the Super Bowl? I was like, Bengals. He's like, he just nods. Yeah, like, yes, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I was like, but what if Matt Stafford it? wins, I'm, I'm here for it. Yeah. I was like, if Matt Stafford wins, I'm not going to be mad. And he's like, oh, Matt Stafford. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, we've reached the end of the episode uh, like 80 hours later. Remember, the force is your ally and a powerful ally it is. We have spoken. Get some twin sunlight and stay hydrated. This was podcasting. Yippee! Canada and America have gotten very, very similar in the last few years. I'd say like the, the Trumpification of North I'm America so is also a part is also a part of Canada. Like people up here are like mad about US politics. There's a whole South Park episode. Good. What you just said. Good. Yeah. He says. Good. He says, Thomas, you want to talk about Canadian politics real quick? Aaron O'Toole was just ousted from the conservative party this morning as big yeah. news, big news. That's, that's like the leader of, that's like the leader of one of our big parties just got yeah. booted Thomas, out. Today. Who do you got filled in the slot for the conservative party? You know, who's your front runner? <laughs> uh, right now, Pierre, right now, Pierre Polyev is uh is 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 he's he's firmly in the lead but i think he is what we call him in the streets yeah. well uh bill shatner yeah exactly sure. <laughs> he's, he's old enough to be a conservative by age you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's a thing good for him <laughs>